Okay, good. Welcome, everybody. Hello. This is Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. PPG Grandpa's Permitter Podcast, clearprottv.com, paratalk.org if you just want to listen to us. Uh, we got a lot of people in the chat, so let's go ahead and say hi to everyone real quick. Randy Milstead is in the house. Fly, baby, fly. PPG, John Wayne, Mad Sulfur, Bill H., and uh, we are just chatting up a storm. So hope that you guys will chat a little bit. Say hi if you're in here. We had like seven people uh, waiting. So I think that was all the people. I think I said hello to everybody, right? Mess over, fly, baby, fly. Okay, good deal. Well, welcome everybody. And thank you for watching season three, episode 111. I cannot believe that uh, we are just rolling. Uh, rolling through this year. I mean, pretty soon it's going to be season two or season three. I mean, season four. My goodness, it's just rolling off the tongue. Tonight, we're going to be talking about things that I wish that I knew before I got into paramotors. So I'm going to go first. My name, my name is Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. The things that I wish that I would have known before I got into paramotor. I thought I was going to be able to slide in to paramotoring less than $10,000 and just have to buy gas, just have to buy oil, and uh, not spend a lot of money. Um, I think that I'm up to about 30000 on paramotor, paramotoring, uh, different wings, three or four different wings I've had so far, three or uh, four different uh, paramotors themselves, and it, and it just keeps on going on. I, I got to upgrade. I got to do more. I got to get more. I got to have more. I can't stop. This is an addiction. It's a horrible addiction. And but it's a fun addiction, so it, it's going to cost a lot there are more. Money much than, worse addictions you could have. That that's that's for sure. Um, this one is my favorite addiction. Uh, matter of fact, all my other addictions that I had before, like four wheeling, um, motorbiking, skiing, boating, all that other fun stuff, I got rid of all that. Now is just paramotor, and that that that's all I want to do. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to talk about paramotors all the time, which is why. Three years ago, I started this in 2020, January 1st of 2020. Was it 2020? Yeah, 2020. And, uh, or was it 2019? It was a while back. And I just want to talk about paramotors nonstop. Um, I better stop talking about paramotors and move on to Will Fly and let him introduce himself and, and uh, find out what, what he wished he knew before he started flying paramotors. Will Fly. Hey, yeah, Will Fly. It's good to be here. And hello to everyone in the chat. Um, I guess the first thing, the most important thing for me is I wish that I had a better understanding of how to pick an instructor and what made the difference between a good instructor and a bad instructor. Um, the other thing is I wish I would have gotten connected with a local group of paramotor pilots before even I chose an instructor. Um, other than that, that, that's pretty much it, because I believe with, with those two things, with, with a good instructor, that puts you on a firm, solid foundation, uh, you know, to launch your paramotor career. The only other thing I could think of is kind of wish I would have uh, been introduced to PPG Grandpa's podcast <laughs> before. I mean, I was well into the sport until, I, you know, when I found PPG Grandpa's podcast. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it for me. Um, real quick, I know that we talked about you started off with an Atom 80 and now you have a Mosul 185. Do you wish that you would have started with the 80 and graduated to the 185 like you did or start off with the 185? 
Well, I, initially I wanted a 185 and both that instructor and another guy talked me into the Atom 80. I will say this, the Atom 80 is a great motor. And I firmly believe that because I spent, what, a year and a half flying that, that it made me a better pilot. Um, and I had to run a little bit more than I, I do now with the, with the Moster. But uh, yeah, it, it uh, made me pay attention a little bit more with the Moster. You know, power can save a lot. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, looking back at it, no, I'm glad it happened just the way it did. Awesome. Awesome. We also uh, got JP Tulo. Uh, JP, you've been flying for a while. Um, uh, introduce yourself and let us know what are the things that you wish you knew before you started flying paramotors. What's up, guys? Yeah, JP Tulo here. Uh, JPTulo.com, T U L O. Uh, <clears throat> I wish, I wish I would have known how practical paramotoring was earlier because I had seen it years before I actually got involved and I always just didn't think it was like an achievable goal and uh, um, I guess you know it's better late than never but uh, I didn't you know I or in the in the mid 2000 uh, 20 teens um, you know I had seen videos and stuff and I was like man yeah I could see myself doing that you know that's you know, and I just never really realized how attainable it would be. And um, I wish I would have gotten involved sooner is basically what I'm trying to say. Um, other than that, um, I guess uh, it would have been nice to have been, I wish I would have known about the, the Facebook group, I guess, sooner, because that, that's just a, a wealth of, I guess that goes along with the community. I wish I would have been more in touch with the community and be, just because you can, take all the those years of experience and that way you don't have to learn you know the hard way and spend money and all this you, you know learn from everyone else's experiences i guess is what i'm trying to say um because it's there's you can do it wrong you know many people have showed us you can buy the wrong gear you can go to the wrong school you can you know but if you do it right you know you can have such a different experience and uh that's, I guess that's what my takeaway was, is do your research. Most people want to get involved, right? They want to get involved yesterday. I got a message on Instagram from a guy and he says, please text me or yeah, please message me back. I need to, I need this in my life yesterday. And uh, I, I, I got with him and I was like, man, you're kind of going about it wrong. You need to take a deep breath, slow down. Because this, you know, this isn't a sprint race. It's a, it's a marathon and, you know, do some research. I'm more than happy, more than happy to help you along with it. And uh, we're, we're chatting now, um, you know, find someone who's knowledgeable and uh, pick their brain because it's better to, uh, you know, take some time and do it right. than just like dive in, you know, buy a 38 meter wing and, you know, uh, an Atom 80, and, you know, it, it just, you're going to have a bad experience if you get the wrong equipment and, you know, it's just going to you know, be like, oh, paramotoring stupid. It's the amount of success you have is dependent on the decisions you make and, you know, the people you surround yourself with. So, you know, find a good group of people and, you know, get some good gear. It's just uh, the way to do it. Uh, download some podcasts. I remember that anytime I was driving, 
early on in training, I was listening to paramotor stuff. Just make your brain a sponge and absorb every bit of information you can. And uh, you will set yourself up for success. That's, that's pretty good. Um, I know that I listened to Anthony Vela when yep. I first um, mm -hmm. started uh, Cloud-Based Mayhem. What are some of the other podcasts that you listen to when you... <clears throat> I was just about to say that one, Cloud-Based Mayhem. Um, there's a one. bunch of UK, um, you know, paragliding is really popular, which, you know, it, it's a little bit different, but it, they live by the same, you know, sort of uh, rules. You know, you can learn about wings, all this other stuff. Um, it's been so long since I've been on there. <clears throat> but yeah, Anthony, I, Anthony's not really doing podcasts anymore, is he? No, he, he, he's doing like one every four, six, one months. a quarter. One, yeah, I, that's it. I think he's doing one a quarter, which is good because look how busy he is. You yeah, know, he keeps it keeps it fresh instead of you know beating it to death. But and and his are really good. Ours are kind of off the hip. You know, we mm -hmm. do a live mm -hmm. show, uh, whatever microphone you have or I have, his stuff sounds a lot more professional. And, yes. Uh, he puts a lot of work into it. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, thank you, Jake. Sure. You, yeah. What? I'm going to pull up my uh, podcast list here. Oh, your podcast list? Okay. Here we got. GPG Grandpa right there. <laughs> no, you can't see it, but... <laughs> Hey, there's PPG Grumpus Pyramid Podcast. <laughs> Back Cloud in Base Mayhem, right there. Yeah, yeah Cloud Base Mayhem. Uh, the Ask Aviator, that was a really good one. It, I wish they wouldn't have gotten away from it. Ask Aviator every That's Tuesday it, yeah. night. That yeah. was a great, great live stream. Um, I know. I wish that they still did it too. I really like their uh, their pre-show mm -hmm. and uh, just that yappity yap yap. Um, but they never published that, you know, in their um, in their audio version. Mm -hmm. yeah, the pre-show, so you had to watch it or else you lost it. Yeah, uh, Paramotor Nation. Yeah, Paramotor Nation. Yeah. Um, checkered flag. Oh, wait, that's not Paramotor. On the grid, and if you just Google search Paramotor Podcasts, um, they will pop up. Here's a good one. If you guys get a chance, check out From the Middle. These guys are just like a regular group of guys. Um, they're from Ohio. Represent. They uh, they did an interview with me on one of their shows, and we had a lot of fun. So if you get a chance, check out From the Middle Podcast. Is it Paramotor related? Not really. It was for that one episode, though. <laughs> you, uh, yeah. you check out From the Middle, Running into the Sky. That was the name of the episode where uh, they had me on, and it was a lot of fun. Running into the Sky with J.P. Tulo. A very shameless plug, okay. Yep, yep. Hey, Go whatever works. Whatever Don't work. forget to like oh. and subscribe and comment. <laughs> Hit that bell notification. JPTulo.com. Hit the bell. Yes. Right. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> Face Space. All right. Well, thank you, JP. Uh, we'll definitely come back to you. We'll come back to everybody and, and talk more. Let's uh, say hi to Linda Anderson real quick. Now, she doesn't fly, but she is our PR. If you. What, 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 what was that for people that are not watching? What, what did we just hear? I am a cheerleader. She, I love she, all my I love all my para guys, para girls. 
She actually has little pom-poms that she shakes for us. Awesome. Um, thank you, Chatters, for joining us tonight. I always look forward to Mondays so I can be with everybody and learn more stuff. And I tell you what, what was it, a couple of years ago, two and a half years ago? And I started, I don't fly, but I started getting interested in the sport. <coughs> Excuse me. And supporting Robert and everything. And <coughs> it's awesome. That's right. So you're, you're, that's, that's right. You're getting over your cold, so um, we won't make you talk too much. I know. I get um, so excited. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> easy. Easy. It's all right. If, okay. if, you, if, if you guys want to get up with us and be on our show as a guest, make sure you get up with Linda Anderson. You can find her by going to ParamomUSA.com. It forwards over to her Facebook page. Just IM her or PM her and say, yo, I want to be on ClearProp TV, Parabotor Podcast. That's and right. Thanks, Grandpa. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Linda. We appreciate you. We also got Jade. Well, I don't know. Jade was there. Um, Eric is here. EricPPGLear.com. Is your wife there? I saw saw her er oh, yeah, earlier. She, she's sitting next to me. Um, oh, she, I, she blended in. Yeah, she blended in. Uh, wait, before I go any further. Um, hey, Danny, how you doing? Oh, she can't hear. JP must have his earphones in. Oh. <laughs> uh, here. Eric says hi. So say hi. <laughs> wave, wave. Hey. <laughs> oh, we just saw her in the background. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I, I'm Eric Lear and my wife, Jade Lear. Uh, we live in northern Wisconsin. Things that we wish we knew prior to paramotoring. I wish I knew that the uh, paramotoring community was so friendly. Um, that I had no idea about. I thought that this was something that only four people in the United States did. Um, and we were two of them. So, I mean, there was there's that aspect of it. And the other thing is because we do live uh, in cooler climate, that uh, I wish I knew that I had to buy so much cold weather gear. So that's pretty much where it stands. Everything from that, uh, everything else is, I agree with all of you, you know, there's, you know, all the way from the, the amount of gear that you end up getting, the addiction, you know, getting to join a new club, the podcast. I mean, yeah, I agree with all those. So, but uh I think the best one is getting to know the community. I'm glad that uh, that community is out there and it is a friendly community. I'm actually writing this all down. I, I got the list of everything that we've been talking about. And um, a lot of things uh, keep on going to group of people, the community, the group of people, the you know, uh, friendly people, friendly group. Um, it just keeps on coming up on this. And you guys don't forget, if you go to um ppgzone.com you can sign up there it's a free it's like a facebook for paramotor pilots and people that want to get into paramotors uh you can there's an interactive map so you can actually look on the map where you are and see all the different people around you that fly or are pilots or want to be pilots and you can actually get up with them through ppgzone.com so that's another thing too um, it, it's a really good website. I, I enjoy it and it keeps on growing and growing. Um, we also, and thank you very much, um, Eric, appreciate you. Was there anything else that you wanted to say before we move on? No, that was it. Okay. 
we will come back to you though because there's some things i want to talk to you about uh the difference between triking and foot launching with you um, we also got jim from canada a uh his maple syrup money which i think is absolutely incredible <laughs> glad that you're on here buddy uh have you made it to your hundredth flight yet I I have. Oh, you have. Good. Congratulations. So, Jim, tell everybody who you are, your dot coms, and tell us um, things that you wish that you knew before you started getting into paramotoring. Uh, Jim Samard from Canada with Care Printing and Publishing, where I've got a small printing company that I'm free. Makes it easy for me to go paramotor, which is nice. And uh, I've got a couple websites. You can reach me on uh, www.carepp.com. And if you want to check out my YouTube, it's www.carepppg.com. Thanks to PPG Grandpa. There. And things that I wish I knew about paramotoring. Well, I wish I knew how awesome it was going to be. And I probably would have forced myself to do it much sooner. Other thing that I really wish I had to, or I got to experience before I started uh, trying to get off the ground myself was I wish I had gone on a, a tandem with somebody so that I could experience taking off and landing and feeling the flare and trying to understand that or I actually had to do that myself because, wow, <laughs> that was quite the shock. Um, when you had training, do they do any towing? Uh, obviously, you said that they didn't do any uh, tandem, but did, did they do towing? Not in my training. No. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else before we move on and to anybody else? I'm glad that you made it to at least 100. So you got 800 or more than 100? I think it's like 102 now or something like that. Well, that's good. That is really freaking awesome. I love it. So let's uh, take a look in the chat. Mad Sloper, Bill H, Fly Baby Fly, PPG John Wayne. I'm scrolling down. We got the Will Fly. PPG the other neck. Hello, everyone. DP's in the house. Mickey Alberto. I'm scrolling down. Paramotor Girl, Nick Griffith, lots of chatting in here, JP Tulo, um, Michael Pendleton, uh, Jennifer Chernick, let's see, Deweese Milstead, Mickey, I'm scrolling down, you guys are just chatting away, that's awesome, we even got Dave Ruff in the house, what's up Dave Ruff, and just lots of chatting in here, uh, was there any questions in the chat i think i saw that somebody had a question is that correct someone uh, uh yeah ppg the other nick said he wished that he would have bought a spider and went and trained on a mojo so i think that means he wished that he would have started out with the spider instead of the mojo is that what you're talking about nick that's what it sounds like i know that i wanted to get a a wing but my instructor said, trust your instructor. You want this Roadster 3. You don't want this A-Wing because I know what you want to do. And uh, thank goodness um, I started off with the Roadster 3. 
So starting off with a higher rated wing. So like a low B, not an A. Okay, that's interesting. Um, Sergio jumped in. Uh, I, I wish I would have brought my glasses. Uh, Brady, Brad, Bradley Beck. Beck. Uh, James. I'm trying to do it with my, with my good eye, but it's hard to do that. Um, did I also say Travis? Who? Travis. Uh, Travis. Um, <laughs> Go get your glasses, Billy. Travis, do. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Is it pointer pot? I always said Travis to pot, but then I thought that he said those before. <laughs> then he said, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm like, I'll never get this right. Oh, Jennifer's in here, too. I think I already said that. It's Travis no. DuPont. Is it DuPont? DuPont. Okay, because I thought I said DuPont last time. He said, no, it wasn't. No, then you I, said you said DuPont last And then I just said DuPont, and then I was like, <laughs> DuPont. I know, I know, I know, Nick. It's like, what is this again? It's the same <laughs> thing. Uh, whatever. We're just, we're just going to, okay, we're just going to say, we're just going to say Travis, Travis D. There you go. Travis D. We still D. love you. Travis we still love you. Travis D is in the house. All right. Um, Amy, Amy George, uh, Mark George, are you both there? Or are you just hanging out in the background? If you want to chat with us, just go ahead and unmute and say hi. Um, yeah, man, I'm wearing your shirt. You should at least acknowledge it, dude. See? Ooh, it's just me. Just me. Oh, there's my beautiful girl. Hey. Hi, hey. I just got home from tutoring after work. I go straight to tutoring. I just got home. Wanted to say hey. It's so good to see your beautiful face. Thank you, too. Thank you. We missed you on here. Busy, busy working two jobs. Wow. Wow. All right. Um, what? Will, Dave Ruff? David? Will, David is, Ruff? There, uh, is there something in the chat? I see something popped up. What do we got, Will? For it's, Dave uh, this from David Ruff. After near six years, I still go back to my A-wing. Back to the basics, no matter the time or skill, is always a good thing. That's a really good point. That's a, that's interesting. Now the question is, how many hours do you have on your A wing? Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, um, I know that my roadster I kind of decommissioned, and uh, it's pretty much just a, a, a student wing now. So it can land on the leading edge, and I won't cringe anymore. They can scrape it across, you know, bricks and snag it on anything they want to. It's like eh, whatever. No big deal. It's decommissioned. I ain't going to fly that thing again. Um, Amy, I know that you're eating, but is there anything that you wish that you knew before you started flying paramotors? Um, before I started flying, I knew I wish I'd gone to ground school first instead of after. <laughs> I learned so much this past week during my winter break, finally going to an official ground school. So, yes, I wish I'd gone to ground school first. Wish you would have went to ground school first instead of what? Uh, learning from here and there and doing a solo. <laughs> and um, I learned so much more instead of just being told this and that. And this is why you do that. And just do this or just do that. And it's amazing I ever did a solo and ill win learning that way. It took me longer, of course, but I learned so much in ground school that I didn't know before. So. What I wish I knew before is how valuable going to ground school is before you even try to do anything else. 
because you kind of had a bunch of people helping you, but you never went officially to school, correct? And you even took a, a solo and flown. But this uh, last week, you went over and actually went to an actual school. And you're saying that the school was so much better. You learned so much than trying to get pieces here and there from friends and other instructors. Right. It, it just gives you the information that it just helped connect the pieces of what I already knew. It took what I knew from learning from here and there and just connected all the dots for me. So it all makes sense now of why I do what I do. That That's really good because there are a lot of people that can't go or well, they can't go to a seven day school or 14 day school. You know, there's too many responsibilities. They got kids, uh, significant others, uh, dogs and cats and you know, responsibilities. And it's really difficult to take seven days off to, to go to ground school. So a lot of people are opting to just go on the weekends, you know, do a, a three day weekend or a weekend and then the next weekend or whatever weekends available because of the wind and stuff. I understand. Uh, that's kind of the way that I was instructed. And I wish that I would have been able to go to a school for seven days straight and learn it like, like Amy just said. Well, even going, I think, three days here, three days there, I still think I would have gotten the same value out of it than just going for a whole week. The downside is because of the weather, I wasn't able to fly. And what that was one of my goals was to fly again because it's been six months. But it's a lot better than um, three days here, or three days there of a ground school than people trying to teach themselves on YouTube. Right, exactly. It, it really is amazing when you... When you watch all the videos on YouTube and you think, you know what, um, I see them do this. I, I went through, I was going through this and I went through the aviator thing and I saw the aviator, you know, how to ground handle a video, which I think everybody has, you know, and it's like, okay, I think I can do this. You go to your first day as a student and the first time they actually hold a wing and try to do this amazing thing that you know that you have in your head, you know, you can do it. I mean, how these kids can do it. Nah, I can do it. And you're like, whoop bam what am i doing wrong so yeah i i i understand trying to do it by yourself uh just through youtube i don't think that really works very well i know that i got a couple of students that tried that and went through a lot of money in gear so what are some other things that you wish that you knew before you started paramorting we got a really good list going uh was there anything in the chat that they want to talk about or and if will's talking he's on mute to answer your previous question, Dave uh, said that you had 300 hours on the on the wing. 300 hours. That's that's a lot of hours. Um, OK, real quick for everyone out there that's watching the show uh, in the super chat, just let us know how many hours does your main wing have? If you have multiple wings, you know, whatever, just your main wing. How many hours do you have on that? My roadster, I think uh, that first year I had. 300 hours and sent it in and they failed it because I went through hours upon hours of uh, flying that wing every single chance I got. And then went to two different SIVs and uh, it failed. So instead of getting it fixed, I bought another wing um, and I still flew it. How many, how many hours do you think you have on yours, Will, your uh, main glider? Um. Probably on the second one, probably about uh, 150 hours. 150 hours? Okay. 
Um, Eric, how many hours do you think you have on on your main wing? On my this now this is my first wing, and mm-hmm. uh, that I use for the trike, and I'm going to say probably about a hundred to hundred and twenty hours, because I was using that wing also with a foot launch, but I have hour meters on both, so I'm trying to do the math here real quick. So um, I would say between 100 and 120 hours on my wing. Would you, if if money was no object, would have had a wing for your trike and wing for your foot launch separate? I do have a wing for my trike and a wing for my foot launch now. Um, I just haven't busted out the wing for the foot launch yet because I just got it recently and I'm not flying my foot launch unit right now because of the winter type. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Jim. Yeah, I got probably a hundred hours on my wing. I got it secondhand. At the, it actually came with my paramotor to the first, it was a package altogether. And then I bought it later. But so my paramotor has about 90 hours on it. And I personally have only put about 40 hours on that. But obviously, I did all my training on that wing as well. So I would say probably 100, 110, 100, about that on my wing. And I, I got the charger. And I just love that thing. I find it so versatile, like that I can go fast, I can go intermediate, I can go like a, an elevator almost, like straight up and down. It, it's it's a really cool wing. I have not come anywhere close to maximizing its potential. I know that for a fact. And I there's people out there that uh, talk about oscillations. I've never experienced oscillation. There's, there's just, He's never I can't say on a anything bad about that wing. Yeah. Um, so you never had to send it in to get inspected yet? I have not done that. I have been thinking about doing it. Um, and if I do that, then I might. I am considering getting another wing just so that I have something that I can fly. I'm telling you, uh, you think that you're going to get into this sport for less than ten thousand and uh, not put <laughs> any money into this? You're, 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 you're mistaken. Um, and that's that's what happens. Is like I want to get another wing. So when I send my wing out, which it used to be one hundred seventy five dollars for an annual inspection. And because of everything that's going on, it seems like everybody bumped it up to $200 uh, for annual inspection, plus $20 an hour of repair, minimum 50 or something like that. So there's a bunch of different ones, uh, different prices, but it seems like it's right about um, right about 200 bucks for an annual inspection, which is really not that bad. I mean, think about it. That's what's keeping you alive. So... $200 for an annual inspection plus any repair. I had, uh, I burnt a hole on one of my panels. They took it out. They replaced it for 20 bucks. I mean, that's insane. I didn't even know that you could do such a thing. So I thought that once you chopped a wing, 
it was pretty much useless. It, it's gone. Um, but for $200 plus repair, it doesn't really cost that much to uh, fix your chopped up wing, which is good. And yeah, uh, the response is uh, the how many, you know, in the chat, how many hours the average is 93.5. That's kind of interesting. About 93.5 hours on, on their, their main glider. Yeah. How, how, who, who did that number? That, well, I just did it. I just. Oh, you I, did. Oh, okay. I just added them up and divided it. Now, I did not include, though, uh, Dave Wolf's 300 hours. Okay. So that's interesting. So, right around everyone is about 100 hours on their wing ish. And one of the things that I hear a lot or I hear the question a lot is how long does a wing last? I've been hearing that if you take care of it, 600 hours, no problem, even beyond six, 600 hours. Or you can, you know, dump it in water, um, drag it uh, across things that you shouldn't on gravel and such. You, you can pretty much destroy a wing pretty easy. But if you take good care of it, it could last 600 plus hours. What do you guys think? Or what have you guys heard? I've heard something similar to that. And that makes, uh, it would just be common sense to take care of it and not be dragging it through everything because it's a huge investment. Right. No washing machines. Or dryers. Something else that is really important that I heard uh, a wing like manufacturer repair person talk about was how bad it is to put uh, a wet wing away and just let it sit like that. That water will mess with the fabric. You know, you've got a, a coating on your your fabric from the factory that you need to take care of, too. And not only that, the water will uh, actually, I think, shrink your lines. People think uh, that your lines stretch what typically happens i think is uh some lines will shrink making it look like other lines have stretched um but that water on the lines is terrible for them so always let your wing dry out before putting it away yeah what was uh, some of the popular answers as far as what you wish you knew before paramotoring um from what Everybody has said, I kind of got, um, they wish that they had better instructors, understood what good instructors are and bad instructors. A group of people before they get started to get, you know, close um, to pilots um, before they actually went to school or started learning about it. Uh, so I think that going to ppgzone.com and getting an account, looking at the interactive members map so you can actually see who's around you. Get up with them and say, hey, you know, um, I want to be a pilot. Um, you know, whenever you guys go to the airport or go to an LZ, can I go there and meet up with you guys, uh, check out your equipment and watch you fly around? That's a great thing to do. Um, Will Fly said some, uh, was talking about the difference in motor sizes. Like he started off with the Atom 80, went to the Milster 185. And uh, so there's different machines, different frames, different throttles, different size motors, uh, prop, prop pitches and uh, ratios, a lot of things that you don't know because you just don't know or you don't know to know. Um, another thing is the yeah, community. You don't know the questions to even ask at that point, you know, at that stage. What's that? 
you don't even know the questions, the right questions to ask. Exactly, exactly. You don't know what you don't know. So you have no idea what questions to ask. It's really a good idea to find all the different people that talk about paramotors. You know, we do this paramotor podcast um, uh, live stream here, video wise, where people can talk. And we also have a recording of just the audio that we put out there. So more people can go, what is what is this paramotor thing people are talking about and find us? Um, yeah, and Eric and uh, Shane and um, uh, Jade, they all are doing paramotor podcasts, live streaming. We also got, you know, uh, Linda's uh, son, um, Robert Michaels, doing one on Thursday. He's been doing for years and years and years. We got uh, cloud-based mayhem, which is not really paramotor related, but um, it there's a lot of good things that, that you can learn from cloud-based mayhem as a uh, paragliding uh, podcast um more groups of people wish i knew groups of people wish i knew people um, more time to learn about ppg before i got into um uh, went to school uh li listen to podcasts thank you i think that was jp's um buying more gear than they thought H how much gear have we bought that we had no idea that we were going to buy before we got into the paramotoring. Um, real quick, um, cold weather gear, lots of it. I just committed to a, to a reserve. It's after tax and everything, $2,000 Canadian. So I don't know what that is. Um, is, that a, is that a steerable or is that a round? Steerable. I, they just raised their price like the day before I committed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what now? He, he, uh, did you get a Beamer or what'd you get? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, not the. There's the other brand. It's the Regal, but it's the other brand name. I don't think it's the Beamer. Okay. Yeah, I got the I got the Beamer three, and I think I, I, I forgot what size I got, but it was about twelve hundred dollars at the time. So. Did you say two thousand, Jim? Yeah, that's Canadian, though. Oh, okay. Which means what? It comes Which with means maple it syrup. hurts worse. Hurts worse. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it is. I'll convert it for you. Okay. Thank goodness that somebody can convert American to Canadian back. I, I do. What? When you were talking about your hours, do you include your kiting hours? Oh, you know what I mean? If I would have, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. It's like, are we including our kiting hours or just flight hours? Yeah, because I included I'm, my I'm, kiting hours. So $1,500-ish, and that's after tax? That That's about right for a steerable. So... That that's that's good, but yeah, um, flying hours and kiting hours, because man, I do a lot of kiting. Maybe Dave Ruff says to to save yourself the money and just head south when it starts to get cold. <laughs> Don't have to worry about the cold weather year then. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a plan. Well, you know, like here, I mean, our mean temperature during the winter time is 50 degrees. Now we had the snowstorm, you know, we, I mean, snowstorm, uh, somebody 
you know, hit me head on, you know, because of the uh, ice and the sleet and the hail and the storms, right? This next week is going to be 72 degrees. So, you know, um, down south sucks at times, but it's great at times. I'm going to go fly this hole next week. Wait a minute. I got to, I can't, I can't. I don't have a trailer hitch on the rental car. I won't be able to take. I won't be able to take my motor. I guess I could disassemble it, but man, that's a pain in the butt. Ah, see now you know things. Well, uh, looks like we got uh, Mike in the house too. What's up, Mike? Glad you could join us, buddy. Hi, how you doing? Doing awesome. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and the things that you wish that you knew before you started flying paramotors. Okay. Well, I haven't flown a paramotor yet. I come from the PG background and just bought that SP-140 in the end of December. Uh, we took it out for one day with Daniello for some training, but we didn't get up in the air. Had a little uh, stumble, broke some parts. So uh, waiting on parts for the past six weeks so uh you know just um waiting to get that going and uh hopefully get in the air here soon in the next two to four weeks hopefully well you also paraglide so i guess the question could be things you wish you knew before you start paragliding and paragliding school well yeah i guess the i would probably say things that i wish i would have known is um the amount of travel, judging from where you live, where you're going to fly, you know, uh, putting in that time to do traveling. Sometimes I, I drive to get to the coast. You're talking uh, five to eight hours to go fly some coastal sites or some decent grass mountain. I, I can fly here in Las Vegas outside of town, but uh, you know, there's a lot of rocks and lava rocks, and it's uh, a little hard on wings and stuff. So I kind of wish I would have known that, you know. But um, yeah, we just uh, that's about it. So, so like the uh, the LZs, it'd be nice to know about the LZs and the travel to these different LZs, as far as like the travel time that you have in your vehicle. Um, yeah. Just a lot of a uh, lot of driving, getting yeah. these places, and then hoping that the weather's good, <laughs> and and waiting around, you know. But um, you know, it's it's really enjoyable, and a lot of times it's worth it, you know. Absolutely, I forgot about that too. You're right. Like look at all the look at all the gas time that we took off from work, etc., to go to these different fly-ins. Oh yeah, didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's right. Um, we also had someone talk about tandem flights, wish that they could do tandem flights and uh, possibly being towed before taking their first solo flight. Um, wish that they had a higher rated wing, like a B, a low B and not an A. However, we did have um, David Ruff talk about he likes to go back to his A wing, even though he has been flying for years and uh, traveling to different LZs, the cost involved with that. Um, that, that is a lot of stuff that you just don't even think about. Was there anything else that that you can think about uh, 
things that you wish that you knew before you started paramotors or paragliding? Well, listening to everybody and then thinking about my own experience, how important the proper equipment is. Because most people don't think about that. A lot of people do their research and buy their equipment before they even go to a ground school. They're able to go to a school because I try to learn how to kite on Mark's wing that he bought prior to going to school because he did his research. And that wing was too heavy for me. I couldn't kite to save my life. I gave up for eight months until I got a wing. A friend of mine said, try this old wing of mine and it, I could kite. So how important the proper equipment is. Buying before you go to an instructor, that is a really good one. Wish, how many people out there wish that they didn't spend all that money on that crap from eBay and then found out that they got to get rid of it and buy real gear because that's 20 years old and no one wants to train you on it. Didn't even think about that, but yeah, that's right. How many people in the chat bought gear before they went to see their trainer? Let us know. And how many people in the chat are self-trained and wish that they would have found an instructor beforehand? That, that's, a, that's a big thing, you know, and a lot of it is, is advert. I, I don't want to say advertisement, YouTube videos. There's a lot of people that are really promoting gear that, you know, if you purchase gear before you went to training, and you purchased that particular gear, you know, it, it may work for you. It may not. And a good instructor will have a quiver full of wings that you can fly and you find what's best for you because what's best for one person is not going to be best for another. And, you know, these wings have all different types of weight ratings and one could be a 28 and one could be the 26 and you still have the same weight rating. So you don't, really know what to buy a 28 in one brand is not a 28 in another good point good very good point that's uh yeah with what uh he's saying eric's saying um i'm a 28 meter on a spider or a roadster i think in my weight range uh for the free ride it's like 19 it's like completely different it's all about um you know the the mission of the wing really and what you know what kind of flying you're going to be doing with it it's if you think like oh i'm a 26 and you're a 26 on every wing that's not really the case you got to look at the specs you got to read the manual for whatever wing you're looking at there's that's just one of those things that is a perfect um perfect case of you wouldn't know that you know you don't know what you don't know and you wouldn't know that if you, you know someone didn't explain it to you so hey eric what what is a quiver full of wings i'm trying to picture that a quiver full of wings uh in the in the kiteboarding uh industry like jade and i we have a quiver of wings we have a library of wings we can pick from with because of different um wind do you have a link? Uh, no. Where, uh, where I can order a quiver for my wings? You put it on your back. You just pick out whichever one you want. And that's okay. So do you fly with that quiver or do you leave it like you fly on with the it ground? Just in case you have to change. In, in, in case you have a motor out too. You can put your your yeah, the wing that you're flying with in your quiver. Exactly. Okay. 
A trailer full of wings. If you have a trailer full of wings. Trailer full of oh, wings. a trailer. Why didn't you oh. that, man? Dang. I'm sorry. It's a Wisconsin thing, maybe. But anyway. It's like a quiver full of arrows. The quiver is what you put all your arrows in. Bingo. Uh, right. So the quiver would Wisconsin be your trailer. Texas, Wisconsin and Texas are on the same wavelength here. Um, yeah, no. So, I mean, then at least you can try different wings. You can try different engines. You can try different frames. I mean, a Parajet might not be good for me, but it might be good for somebody else. So, you know, it's just, yeah, you, you really have to have the instructor that has an assortment of stuff that can lead you in the proper direction. Exactly. That's some, that's something right there. What he just said that I wish, which is very difficult because you got to find the right people and, and, I wish I would have tried, been able to try more gear before buying because you don't know. You can read until you're blue in the face and watch videos and all this stuff, but especially with wing selection, um, you don't. You're not going to know if you like it until you you take it for a rip, and that's something I I, I think um, for new people is try before you buy if you can. Um, a lot of dealers will actually, uh, I think you if you cover shipping, they will ship you a demo wing. Um, take care of it. You can you can take it for, you know for a week or you know if the weather is bad they'll probably work with you. But uh, you know take it for a couple flights. See if you like it. If you don't like it, send it back. If you like it, buy a wing from them. And that's how the dealer system kind of operates. So if uh, yeah, if you can try out some stuff before you buy it, definitely do that. I like that. Uh, definitely talking about different wings and different motors, different um, props. For different days, depending on the days, if it's windy, if it's hot, if it's cold, if it's going to be early morning, late at night, you know, um, you're right. We, as we get more involved with the sport, we tend to buy more things. Um, and we don't sell the old ones either. We have our original wing, then we have another wing because yeah, we want to have one that we can have when we send it in to get uh, inspected, then we get a really good deal another year so now you have like three or four wings and it's like i swore i was never gonna have more than one wing how many people swore they were never gonna have more than one wing i knew i was gonna have just that one wing it was, this is gonna last me for a long time here yeah, i am that's see see that's the thing i wanted to make sure that the wing that i picked out was the absolute wing for me i mean because i knew i was i was going to retire with this wing. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, i wanted to make sure i didn't make a mistake but it goes back to the, the whole point of you really don't know what questions to ask because you don't know. Right. So, and, and I think it's natural for, because I, I did the same thing. And when I first decided I wanted to do it, it was what equipment do I need? Yeah, and that's just kind of human nature, right? And it sounds logical. Yeah. Um, instead of what's the best training, what's the best route, you know, to, you know, get into the sport. So. I think much many people would have saved if they had just were able to try out things from friends or whatever, or even again, sorry, go to ground school where they have all the different things to try out. I mean, they're thinking, Oh my gosh, I can't afford the money to go there, but how much money would you save? Had you spent the money to be able to go somewhere to try a, lots of different equipment before you just did your own research, bought equipment and had to buy equipment again, that was best for you. 
you know, the more things that you get to try, the better, uh, for sure. Because if you were able to try that A wing at school and you were able to try that roadster at school, you're like, man, this roadster is great. I'd rather have this thing than an A wing. So that'd be really good to be able to, to fly different wings, um, for sure. Hey, can, it, can, I, can I say something, Sean? Always, I'm going to bear my soul here. Okay. Um, and, and I promote also, the, you know, I can see the value of trying different wings. But I have a hard time flying other people's equipment. It just bothers me to no end. I know I can fix it. I know I can pay to have it repaired, blah, blah, blah. But it just kind of bothers me to fly somebody else's gear, you know, that just in case something goes wrong. So uh, I don't know if I'm looking at it the wrong way or uh, or, or what, but did anyone else experience Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, absolutely. I 100% can appreciate where you're coming from because I feel like if I take a, a wing out or something and it we crash it, you know, it falls on the engine and melts, if it if I chop out the line set, I own that wing now. And if I don't have four grand in my pocket, you know, that I can do that with, and I feel like I'm, you know, overextending myself a little bit. So yeah, I can definitely appreciate what you're saying. Will. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is if you fly somebody else's wing, you have four grand in your pocket, you're getting mugged at the next in one. my pocket. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm getting mugged. <laughs> JP, did you think about that when you were taking the trike? No. Um, <laughs> whatever. I mean, some guys are like, yeah, try this, try this. You know, just like, you know, they'll ask you three or four times. You've got to try this. And it's like, dang, man, that not only does that throw me off my game, you know, because <laughs> it's something new and it, right. I, I don't know. Uh, but at the same at the same time, I do want to experience other wings. And, and right. yeah, I don't know. In the chat, uh, David Ruff said that he's searching. He's he's still searching for the perfect wing, the perfect trike, the perfect foot launch, and that's kind of that is what you do. You 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 know you try you want to try out different things, um, you know, and and you're not gonna know until you try it. The journey. Yep. I don't think most people are gonna let you try their stuff though unless they trust you. You know, it's not going to be random. Oh, yeah, try my wing. They know you. They've seen you fly. They trust you to a certain level or they wouldn't offer it. For instance, I've let people use my wing because I trust them. You know, if I don't trust you, I'm not going to offer it up to you. And I think that goes vice versa. Right. And with that trust also goes with, you know, the untold rule. If you break somebody else's equipment, you pay for it. I mean, I mean, I guess that's just, you know, the niceness that we are that we have anyways in this uh in the sport we do want to make sure that we don't break anybody else's stuff um but if you go to fly-ins there's usually people that um or companies that bring a bunch of demo wings in and say hey go try some of these demo wings uh demo motors so anybody ever demo a wing or a motor at a fly-in i've had the opportunity to but it was just too nerve-wracking because there are so many people around and you this new equipment and well as you guys know I'm, I'm i've only got 40 hours in the air so it's i just i i wanted to but there was no way i was going to do it with all those people and all that situation and everything going on right. i just it was 
felt too risky at the time. There's a couple right. of interesting so, responses, Sean, in the chat about that. All right, go ahead, bud. Um, David Ruff says he feels the same way I do as far as, you know, borrowing other, using other people's um, equipment. Yankee Paramotor says that flying a dealer's gear is not the same as borrowing your buddy's stuff. That and, uh, is true. Yeah. And I, that, How is it different? I'm, I'm curious the reasoning behind that. Um, because if you break your buddy's wing, that might be his only wing. If you break a dealer's, there you can still go up and fly. Yeah, I can see the distinction there. That makes sense. Yeah, and but I have no problem. I have absolutely no problem loaning out uh, Jade's wing to anybody that wants to. <laughs> yeah. Well, JP uh, uh, took your your trike out for a spin uh, over at. Uh, I took Jade's trike out. Was it Jade's trike out yes, over the, at Moonshiners? Yeah, the pink one. Yeah. See how I volunteered her equipment? No, but uh -huh. I mean, and then uh, Mark George took my trike. But the thing is, is I wanted to have them, two people that have never flown a trike, to experience a trike because it is a different flight. And it's, you know, I know that if something happened to my gear, they would do the best to make it right. You know, and that goes with anybody in the community. If I know you well enough or even met you and I know that you're responsible enough go for it. But the thing, you know, the one thing is nobody is going to purposely wreck your gear and accidents do happen. Exactly. And I know I sound like a broken record right now and I apologize up front, but that's part of the fee you pay to go to ground school. So they know you're going to wreck something, you know, a new student and everything. They know you may tear up the wing. They get chopped up in the propeller. They know you may have a crash landing, you know, your first flight's always a perfect flight. So that's part of it, that covering, because they know their gear is going to probably get ruined. And so you have that chance also with no worries. Now, when you went to flight school, did they um, tell you that uh, the gear that you're flying is your responsibility or did you pay some extra money for uh, renters insurance at that school? So in case you broke it, you don't have to worry about it. No, I've never heard of renters insurance. From the school? Yeah, I've never heard of that. I mean, from Kyle or Ron, I mean, I hadn't heard of that. I mean, Kyle expected. Oh, well, that's one of the things that I do for my students. It's, uh, you know, part of the part of the tuition. If you break my stuff, don't worry about it. Yeah, for me, it was uh, about halfway through when I, when I I I landed really well my first landing. And then the next six were I didn't get up, I didn't land on my feet. So after even though I was using my own equipment there, I think. Oh, he asked me to, if he let me start using his mojo, see if that was any different. Yeah. And uh, then he asked me to take responsibility for it if there was a problem. Can you read in the chat um, what John Wayne said that uh, Will Fly posted in here? Or can you not see that? You want me to do it? Oh, I guess Will can go ahead and ask. Oh, but John Wayne, he says that if I offer it, it's on me. If you ask and I say, okay, it's still on me. And I get that. I mean, that's personal responsibility, but I, I, I would still <laughs> feel compelled to uh, 
to make them whole. Yeah, I mean, you, you just, I mean, th that could be their only wing. Can you imagine? I mean, that would make me feel awful if I, you know, yeah. uh, use somebody's equipment and I broke it and now they can't fly for a month while they're getting parts. You know, even if I paid for it, it's like that's a whole month or X amount of time that they're without their baby. And they, still, know, man. And they still go, this is not the original frame. This is broken but it's repaired it's different you know my wing is the same but it's been repaired and it's different so i don't know it just yeah i'd be like now i feel really bad man here use eric's wing <laughs> yeah J <laughs> jp you got your hand up bud i do we got time for a quick uh, group shot oh yeah i put in the chat if you guys want to jump on and talk with us i put in the meeting id and passcode you could have been here on this picture that we're taking all right, ready? One, two, three, cheese. Perfect. Can I breathe? Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys saw this. It was a few years back. It was uh, Sean's genius idea to say paramotor instead of cheese. And uh, every screenshot <laughs> I took his face was like... <laughs> paramotor. <laughs> yeah we don't say paramotor no more it, it is cheese and i think that's universal and there's a reason behind why cheese is cheese. why we say cheese and i think that's why learn that lesson the hard way so well, it was the same vibe hearing the same thing i was hearing from sean if you're going to ask to borrow someone's stuff or see if someone will offer for you to borrow their things you'll go to the person that has a lot of wings more than one wing Believe it or not, I've heard at Flyins people are like, um, "Go ahead and how many how many people at Flyins say, hey, try this wing. Don't worry about it if you mess it up because that's one of my wings that I don't even use anymore.' Because I've heard that a couple of times. Nah, don't worry about it if you mess it up. That's just one of my old wings I don't even use anymore. I think I heard somebody say that to JP, or was it Will at Apple, Bad Apples? It wasn't at Bad Apples. It wasn't me. Oh, I've heard it before. Well, it's uh, eight o'clock. We have a big list here. Is there anybody in the chat that has any um, things that they would like to say that they wish they knew before they started paramotors? And if you do, write that down in the chat so we can talk about it real quick. Let's go ahead and go over what we talked about so far today. We talked about, you know, uh, wish we knew about the money that we had to put into the stuff afterwards, like um uh, the 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 yearly um sending in your wing uh, your maintenance on your motor etc cetera, etc cetera. um a lot of people talked about uh, the group of people i wish i knew a group of people before i started going to school or thought about getting into paramotoring and that was just a lot of it um the community uh, group of people um listen to podcasts gear costs more than you thought or actually you're going to buy more gear than you thought uh, wish that they had a tandem flight or towing before i got into it wish i could have flown a b-wing and uh, not have bought an a-wing right out of school the amount to travel to your lz and back but depending on if it's just your lz down the road um, or a fly-in that's a couple states away um, the proper gear to buy you don't want to buy the gear on ebay before you go to school because everyone's gonna be like no that's not good stuff the proper wing 
the size difference. We talked about the size difference of wings. Uh, one wing could be 28, but another company, it's a 26, and it's the same thing. So not going by your square meters is important. Um, and somebody talked about, I think it was Jim, you talked about your wing, how it didn't oscillate. It was nice and solid. Uh, some of the low B wings I had are the same way. Solid as a rock. You get up to higher B and you let, and you stow your, your brakes, you're just going to start to oscillate and you got to stop it. You got to actually be working with the wing on a higher B. Um, that's my Gen Vantage 3 that I got. So I know exactly what that is. And uh, multiple wings because I wish that I would have known that I'm going to have multiple wings, which means I'm going to invest more money into this. I'm going to buy a new motor. I'm going to buy some new props because of the different um, uh, pitch, possibly. The difference between the E-prop and a Helix are huge. If you've ever flown with a... How many people have flown with a Helix? I think we lost them. And he's out of here. <laughs> Did you hit the button, Eric? <laughs> oh, man. I I've never flown with a Helix before. I've only flown with an E-prop and a wooden prop. I've I never broke my first wooden prop. I've flown huh? e I've never flown a wooden prop. I have flown a E-prop. And, you know, that, that, that does kind of go back to uh, just a little bit on the insurance part of it. A, a, lo a lot of instructors will offer insurance. I know ours was going to offer insurance. It was $500. And if you broke his equipment, it was covered under that insurance. Um, Jade and I opt to not get that. And, you know, we didn't have any major issues. We had butt landings. Nothing ever got broken. But I'll tell you what, the second you get on your own gear, you make sure you run and that you ain't breaking nothing because it's a totally different feeling now. Now you know that that's yours. So, um, Especially if you don't have a backup prop, you know, if you, you can break your prop and you'll be done not only for the day, but for a couple of weeks until you can get another one in the mail if you yeah. don't have, you know. Yeah. Especially an e-prop. I mean, you, you look at an e-prop wrong and it's going to chip, you know? It's, uh... I've got a, I got the Chinese one that looks like the Helix. Oh, uh, the, uh, what's it, uh, like KN or something like that? It's two letters, isn't it? Like an acronym. I think it's just, uh, uh Vortex yeah, arrow, is it? Mine's, uh, got more than just two letters on it, but oh. it stands up way better than these wood props. These things get nicks in it and, I have been flying this one for all oh, good 20 hours now, and I haven't got any nicks in it at all. I'm very nice. impressed. Bill, Bill Edge said uh, wooden props tend to go into the wing. Don't ask how he knows. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if uh, if you break it, they they splinter, right? And uh, well, carbon fiber is going to do that too. You break anything, right? And uh, you're going to have some damage, but. Yeah, I mean, I they're, think, they're less expensive, though. I mean, is not. Is, I don't think so anymore. The price has really gone down on the carbon really? fiber props. When I first got into it, it was like four hundred dollar minimum for uh, e props and helixes, and I think they're right around the three hundred range. And you're That's looking at like prop cost. Yeah, two eighty, I think, for a wood prop somewhere around there. So uh, yeah, if you uh, do it right, 
the, the so, sales. So what, what's an EPROP? I mean, I'm trying, I'm hearing like the props and everything. Perfect, perfect. Uh, and the EPROP. Companies EPROP that is, make uh, these props, you know, like you can decide if you want fiberglass or you want wood. Is that what it is? They, that's how they make them now, make, you know. I don't I think there's any fiberglass it. propellers. Most of them are either going to be carbon fiber or wood is the predominant structures eprop is like a scimitar shaped it's got like sharp squared off sort of tip okay. which is supposed to be really good for efficiency but uh it's also really lightweight so it uh spools up quick but uh, it also makes it prone to be easily damaged and chipped whereas the helix okay. is a little bit heavier it's also okay. carbon fiber um okay but uh, it doesn't have that snappy spool, but it also, it has more momentum and a little bit more heft to it. So it's less likely uh, to get damaged. Also the rounded tips on the helix make it less likely to, to get damaged too, because they're shaped to not, you know, so chip, certain, certain motors, certain motors take certain props. Is that what it is? Like sizes and all that, or just. Uh, bolt pattern is a big thing. Okay. Or engines like you can't run an Atom 80 prop on a Moster. Um, I think, yeah, it's designed the pitch and everything is designed for that engine as well. Um, but also, you got to be mindful of the size of your cage because you don't want to try and oh, jam a right. 140 okay. uh, centimeter prop in a 130 centimeter cage, it's not going to work. You're going to chop your lines and have a bunch of issues. Interesting. Okay, so you got to you pretty much have to get your cage first and then you order your prop to fit the cage. And then typically you get your motor. <laughs> typically your setup will come with come with the prop and okay. you tend to tend to that'll be pretty telling. That'll, you know, go with whatever size that is in oh, the future if you've I got see. more room that you know you'll know you can go up 5 centimeters or whatever. Um, okay. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Just, you know, you think you just go out and buy a wing and a motor and here we go. And it's not like that at all. Okay. Nope. Thanks. Thanks for, for that. Equipment for the individual. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to be mindful of your equipment. So what, uh, for new people coming into the sport, what do you guys think of, you know, your, Initial investment, you know, what would be an, a good initial investment coming into the show? What can you expect? 15000 I would say twelve. Yeah. Well, I know, uh, Amy, Mark is selling packages for eleven grand, and that is a, a wing and a... The frame, the engine, um, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was throwing in a helmet. I'm not 100% sure. But uh, when he told me that, I thought that was just a killer deal, and that was good quality equipment. Right, and that, I think, was the Black Friday deal we had going on with the helmet. That could and, have been. And I'm trying to think, was there a quick little release prop going in there as well yeah yeah he mentioned that too so that's a good deal you know and that's that's gonna be your initial investment but of course there you have all of your add-ons it's kind of like buying a car if you want power windows it's going to be extra 
you know, if you want a spare tire, it's going to be extra. So flotation devices, which thank I was so blessed. I now have flotation devices on my frame. Yeah. Yep. Mike, what, it, what was your initial investment when you went into getting your electric paramotor? Well, the electric paramotor itself was a eight grand, basically. And that's the one hour battery um, and shipping and everything else with the hazmat. And then I went and I, I got another reserve because I couldn't, I'm not going to take my PG reserve out of my PG harness. Right. So another reserve was like another 900 or $1,000. And plus I had to buy a, a split bridle. So, you know, and then I bought a speed bar to attach to it because I, my plan is to use my PG wing. But first, I'm going to go hopefully to California with Daniello, and he's going to let me fly one of his SkyMax uh, with a PPG wing and get 10 or 15 flights on that. Then I'll come home and I'll fly the SP-140 with my PG wing and see if I want to continue either to fly the PG wing or go to strictly a PPG wing. So, I mean, I'm trying to escape, you know, another $3,700, you know, if, if, it, if I fly his Nuvic, you know, cubic wing and I like it, then I'll probably end up another 3700 So, you know, I mean, in this 9000 for the SP-140 with a reserve and then another 3700 so now you're up to twenty twelve thousand seven hundred dollars, right? You know, for for just a, a electric one, and I'm sure with the gas you're gonna have to be about the same place. You know, it's about the same money. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely just a little bit. Definitely sounds about the same. Jim, what yeah, but, what, were you, what were you at? You know, with your, of course, that's Canadian, right? You know, what was your price? Well, now that I got the, now that I got the, 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 whatever you call it, the reserve, I'd say I put, not including training, I'm at about 8,000. Uh, I might be US, I might be a little bit less, but then again, I did buy a used paramotor and I got the wing and I got a helmet and I got uh I got everything that pretty much everything I needed I even got a second prop and so I, I feel that I I did very very well is the way I feel about it but also, I had been listening to all these podcasts for almost a year, thinking, analyzing, watching, understanding. I knew how to pick a wing that would work for my weight. I knew how to, I knew what type of a wing I wanted. I knew I wanted a B. Uh, fortunately, I got a low B. I think that's what it is anyway. And it's, 
you know, like everything just kind of worked out really good for me. I, I don't, <laughs> I, I see lots of people who don't succeed in su with such success. So I feel for them and I, I have actually benefited from my instructor as well because he guided me, even though I bought my own equipment, I wanted to put a electric start on it. I wanted to do a few extra things. And he said, just wait, just wait. And he, then he said the, the electric start for the Kangoo because he takes more of them off than he puts on and the batteries overheat and it adds like, I don't know, he said 10 pounds or something like that. And it's, so he saved me money that way too. So I, I have to be very thankful for my instructor and all the information that you guys have propounded in the last couple of years. Did everybody just talk about, uh, I'm back by the way. Hello. Sorry about that. Um, we had power flickerage and, uh, the, you know, you know, first world problems. Um, we were <laughs> just talking about what our initial invest investment in paramotors. Yeah. And will, what'd yeah. you say? 15,000. 15. Um, Eric. Uh, I, I would say you're right around the, um i i mean if you just wanted to do a, a, a the initial bare minimum package you're going to be looking around 11 grand if you're going to be doing reserve and communications and you know electric start you're going to be around the fifteen thousand dollar range you know and one thing on that electric start i i i tend to agree with you a little bit jim but i have found a few weak spots in the electric start that we have actually cured. And now we don't have problems with our electric start, even in cold weather. So um, that's a whole different show, but uh, the electric start is nice. Yeah. I, I wish there are many times I wish I had it, but uh, I am able to cold start it. So yeah. You know, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just trying to write down. I was trying to figure out what I was spending. As I'm writing it down, I'm remembering, oh, that's right. I went to Bad Apples. Oh, I went to Moonshiners. Oh, that's right. I did this. Oh, that's right. I did that. Oh, I went to some SIV courses. Oh, I've done this. Oh, that's right. I got some, uh, I got all those cameras that I don't use very much. You know, and, and just keeps on going. Oh, and I got all these 3D printers to make different things like chase cams, you know, um, cool chase cams and uh, throttles and different cool things for the paramotor. And it just keeps on going up and up and up. And I'm like looking at this total. I'm like, well, there's all my money. No wonder I can't have any other hobby or anything. I spent it all on this crap. <laughs> but um, God, I can't believe how much I've spent. I think I got dogs barking. Sorry. And that poses a question to my mind. Uh, how do you know what you need to be successful in what you want to do with paramotoring? I mean, how much is it to where enough is enough or too much? That's like asking somebody with a bad addiction, how much is, is too much? Because 
pretty much. Oh, man. Amy's camera just got ugly for a second. Anyways, um, no, I mean, how much is too much? It There's no limit. The sky's the limit. And speaking about sky's the limit, JP has got to go. He's maxed out his skies uh, with yeah. us. Gotta leave. Always a pleasure, guys. I'm sure I will see you later uh, throughout the week on the various shows. Um, so yeah, always a Thanks for having me. We'll, we'll see you next time. Awesome. Don't forget to send us that, that picture too, bud. So JP, it's in the uh, group chat. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, you so it. you're bailing out, right? What's that, Amy? You're bailing out. I'm bailing, yes. I'm, I'm chucking the laundry, if you will, the meta metaphorical reserve on the show here. Bailing. What's up, Mark, in the background? Oh, she put she put you on mute. She she wishes she could put me on mute. No, I'm being good girl staying on mute if I'm not talking. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, uh, don't forget to to thumbs up the show, guys, in the chat. So thanks, JP. Always a pleasure, guys. Yep. Night, guys. Thanks, JP. Night. Bye. All right. And we lost another. And no one wants to come on the show. I put the uh, the meeting ID and the passcode in the chat. <laughs> Oh, I guess Amy. Oh, yeah. Matt Sloper joined us. That's yeah. right. That's well, right. Hey, if, uh, what did they show Linda? Linda, you see my shirt, right? What does it oh, say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. For, for the people that yeah. cannot see that are just listening I to us, it. what does it say? It says yeah. Paragliding Talk 200 shows. Yes. Oh, that's Episode. cool. Episode. Yes. That's cool. I know I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for my shirt. Okay, for my son. I'm still waiting. Oh, your son, he oh, should have been going out the door as soon as he got him. I He's know, like, right? I know. Mine should have been the first one out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, you think so. You? I'm just going to have to. I did I did message him. I said, come on, jump on for a little bit. So we'll see. It's only, it's 6.30. So you might just be getting, uh, getting done with dinner or whatever. But yeah. Well, cool. We didn't sure talk cool. about the initial investment, even though I didn't start out uh, PPG, but paragliding isn't cheap either. You think because you didn't buy a motor? <laughs> you're uh, my the training, you know, is anywhere from fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars, and then uh, you know the harness and and wing and everything. You're talking about you buy a decent new. You want to buy new. Um, when you're going paragliding, right? I thought, you know, because this way you kind of grow with it. And at the PG school, they provided for the first two days uh, their equipment, and then once you decide to continue after that, they expect you to buy your own. So that while you're going to school, you're learning on your own equipment. Right. So when you go home, you're on the same equipment that you were in the school with. Well. Uh, that equipment was what, like $6,500. How Just much was, how, how, how much was your harness? Well, the harness was a thousand dollars. Do you want the pod or just a regular, no, just, just a regular harness yeah. is, was a thousand. And then you're talking a thousand dollars for a reserve. So now you're 2000 and then a wing was $4,200, yeah. 4250. What wing so did you get? 
Well, I got a Nuvik Hulk 5. It's okay. a low B, which he suggested because a lot of your low Bs, their low Bs, they really are A's, except for, you know, in the turquoise test, they have like 24 or 27 tests that they put them through. And if they fail one test just by one second of reinflation on their own, then it's automatically a B. So he was like, ah, there's no need to get an A. Just get this low B. It's pretty much an A. I mean, other than a couple of things, which is no big deal. And you'll grow into it. So anyway, you're talking about, then you're going to buy a GPS. You know, so you want to have a Vario GPS. And then you, like you said, cameras and helmets. And, you know, my paragliding boots were $250. Oh, for a pair I, of boots. I forgot about the boots. Yes, I got... <laughs> I mean, paragliding <laughs> boots are $250. They come from, you know, the UK. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't get decent boots in the United States. You know, ones without hooks. Right. You don't want to wear anything with hooks when you're, I mean, so, you know, then you go buy a flight deck and that costs money. And, you know, and then I had to spend, I spent two weeks over in Santa Barbara. So now you're at an Airbnb for two weeks, gas, food for lodging and the school. So I spent $11,000 for two weeks. You know, and that's just that. And then now I come over to PPG and spend another 12, another uh, 11,000, 12,000. Come on over. The water's warm. (laughs) It's like, you know, okay, in one year, you just spent $22,000, you know, for this uh, flight addiction. Well, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a sport. So, I mean, what if you decided you wanted to get involved in curling? 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 The thing really? with the ice and the broom? And, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? I have to get your own ice rink? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that stuff's probably not cheap either when you add all the trips. And and I don't know what you do in curling, but it's probably not cheap. I well, think well, every sport is going to cost you, you know, five or ten grand, depending on how much you enjoy your sport. Yeah, well, yeah. some horses and go barrel racing. Yeah, yeah. talk to my girls. My girls, they spend millions on their horses and their barrel racing. And, but that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and your entry fees for the rodeos and mm-hmm. disc golf. They have all these weighted different discs for the different times you have to just like golfing. Yeah, yeah. My my son does disc golfing. My son here in Vitasky does he does disc golfing. He's got a whole wall of discs that he collects, you know, and buys or whatever, and uh, it's insane. Yeah, it's it's a sport, and it's an investment for sure. Yeah, I think all sports are pretty expensive. I mean, before this, uh, you know, 20 years ago, I was road racing motorcycles, and it was nothing to spend $30,000 a year. Yeah. In racing fees and damage to bikes and travel you know 30 grand a year and you also you already had to spend 20 grand on a bike you know so then you get into like things like golf i used to golf and i used to spend 15 20 thousand dollars a year golfing i mean yeah i just looked at that how much 15 to 20 thousand dollars a year just to golf yeah honest to goodness i was just looking at the average cost of golf you know Uh for it's not that is really expensive that's yeah. 
I mean, so all our sports are, are kind of like high end. Um, I could say I've, I've been flying RC models for 40 years. And ever since FPV, that first person view with the goggles has come in in the last 10 years, I've spent probably $100,000 on in 10 years in doing RC, you know, airplanes and FPV stuff. I forgot about the drones that I was into also before oh. this. I mean, you can spend $3,000, $4,000 on a drone. I know. I know. It's like, yeah, whatever you're into. And why, why fly a drone VR when you can get up there and be the drone and go any place that you right. want to and go higher than 400 feet? Well, that's oh. all my friends are jealous now because they're like, oh, I tell them, I go, FPV is boring once you've been up in the air paragliding it, or paramotoring. It kind of <laughs> is. I haven't used my drone since I've been flying. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just wow. don't. I never um, thought about that. You guys, yeah. there are a bunch of drones up there now. That's pretty exciting. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about now the money Mark spent all of his years of doing RC, all the helicopters, all the airplanes and drones. It's just ridiculous how much one little airplane would cost or a helicopter. Yeah, helicopters are expensive. <laughs> just imagine the size of the diamond on your hand had he not. Oh, done wow. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm looking in the chat dang, and I, and I see and I see that John Wayne said he spent over thirty thousand dollars. Travis D said he spent probably sixty thousand on it. And uh Aaron I said thirty to forty K invested. Uh those, those are, are the miles. Oh, was that miles? Yeah. But I mean, it's still a lot of driving, a lot of driving for. Oh, is that what he was talking about? Was the uh, model expensive? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it, it, I I hated to see the uh, total because now it's like, oh, I forgot my trike that I got. Oh, that's right. About this other, th it's like, my God. <laughs> well, you can't take it with you. Is it? I have a comment for Will. Talking about my ring size of rock I could get two years ago when I was uh, found out I was successful on uh, kiting my friend's charger. Um, Mark asked me, he says, what do you want for Christmas? Do you want a new ring or do you want a wing? And I said, I want a wing. So I will pick. <laughs> and he's like, he's like crap. <laughs> crap. I, I could have got away with the cheaper diamond. <laughs> Ring or wing? I said, I want a wing. <laughs> That's what I want first. And for Valentine's Day, he did get me a new ring. So it's this right here. And it's perfect. Uh -huh. so Very nice. It has infinity. Pick that for, you know, forever. Oh, so. That's right. Um, bribery. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Bribery items styles. for your wife. I forgot. Bribery uh, for your wife. Yeah. It's like rings and jewelry. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be gone for a week uh, with a bunch of guys uh, uh, in a dirt, you know, field flying paramotors. Is that okay, honey? Here's a ring. <laughs> you got to write that down. That's, that's an expense. Right. And I don't need anything bigger than this. You know, flying a paramotor. I mean, I had anything that was sticking up. I couldn't get a glove over it easily. Oh, so. true. Oh, true, he's getting yeah. away with a little bit of a cheapness too. That's right. It has to be low. It has to be small and tiny. Okay, I like that. Right. Is that I what mean, he told you? No, that's what I said. <laughs> I mean, do you 
do wings or do you want a ring? I said, I want a wing. <laughs> Honey, I'd get you a big ring, but it just right. won't fit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, this this uh, this this ring is too heavy. You're gonna be kind of uh, turning to the right nonstop. <laughs> oh, to the left. I'll be going left. left. There you go. By the um, ring to fit the wing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I could not. Mm -hmm. There you go, girlfriend. See, I could right. get a glove over yeah. anything. That would be useless to me. Do you, see, do you see the reason why guys don't have a bunch of jewelry? We have a bunch of toys. Girls have the same amount of money invested into their jewelry as we do with all of our toys. It's fair. Oh, Amy, no. I want you to think about this for a second, okay? Just think about what I'm oh, going to say. Uh-oh. If you have a big ring on your finger, engine torque will pull you to the right. If you have a big <laughs> ring on your, right, your left hand, it'll just rest on the brake and keep you going straight. Don't let him tell you some story about a small ring yeah. because it'll help you fly straight. You know, Amy's going to start an anti-torque ring store in Etsy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. For everyone out there that wants anti-torque, we have anti-torque <laughs> rings. <laughs> I love it. Who and needs who needs lamelles when you can put on <laughs> rings? <laughs> Big hopping five carat diamond. <laughs> Eric, Mark did get himself a brand new watch for Valentine's Day, also. So he has a, a lot of bling on his right wrist right now oh, anti-torque watch up oh, there you go there guys we got it too now tell yeah. him to step up his game a little bit and tell him to quit telling you stories hey i'm happy i don't have I'm not, you know adam 80 so i don't have to i don't really experience a lot of anything oh and adam 80's turned backwards so it actually you're gonna have to wear that ring on the right hand or just get <laughs> more rings and put them on the right hand so you fly straight there you go and uh, we were talking about equipment and expense. I was thinking about Jade and Eric. You know, they have to have all that warm weather gear more than we do. So that's so much more expense to stay warm because they fly, what, in sub-zero temperatures? Yeah, it's, it, it, it was a little expense. But let me tell you, you can't put a price on comfort. That's true. That's true, too. But And then we have to get into uh, reserves, front reserve versus the side mount. Throttles. What throttle do you prefer? I mean, there's so many more variables in this. Well, there, there, there are a lot of variables and there are some, I mean, you can get, okay, you guys know, and there's a lot of people out there that don't know this, but when you hear Black Hawk or um, Flat Top or all these different names of these paramotors, they're only talking about the frame. So you can get a Blackhawk, you know, a Blackhawk, but change out the motor, change out the throttle, change out um, your, your, your harness. So, you know, one person's Blackhawk is totally different for somebody else's because you can have any throttle that you want to, which is cool because I'm actually printing out a new throttle too. We're gonna be trying that out. You can get any type of harness, mostly any type of harness. A lot of people like the Dudek Comfort Harness. So they change out that on their on their paramotor. So just because you get a paramotor and it costs you $8,000, that doesn't mean that you might not want some upgrades 
uh, in the future, you know, a new harness, a new throttle, a new this or that. Thank you, Amy. I didn't even think about that. And also, what do you guys think about the uh, front mount or side mount um, reserve like Amy was talking about? I got a front mount. That means that I can go from my rig to another rig to my trike to the Adam 80 to the course air. And I only have one reserve. That's why I like my, my front mount. How about the rest of y'all? I never thought about that before, how versatile that is. I have to have a side mount because I've tried a front mount before. And my short legs, the front mount, I know it's not that much extra weight, but it's still extra weight in the front. Plus, it bounced on my middle thighs way too much because I have short legs. And it wasn't comfortable on the takeoff. Interesting. Jim, what kind of um, new reserve did you get? Yeah, I'm going to have it on my lap as well a front mount so that i can take it so yeah so i have more versatility sounds good how about the rest of y'all mine's still in my car <laughs> <laughs> yours is still in your car you don't use it okay uh will is is do you keep it in the front or the side of the car it's in the back seat out of reach That's even uh, better. oh and will i think somebody asked a question Last week, uh, how high do you have to be before it works? I didn't catch that, Jim. I didn't catch it, Jim. You went. Blah, blah, blah. How high do you have to be before it works? Uh, I, the number that I've heard is 500 feet. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but most of my flying is done low to the ground. A lot of successful deployments um, at 100 and below have been um, talked about and videoed. And there you have it. Is there a specific number of recommended or whatever number? I had feeling it two to five. I used to always hear at least 500 feet, but like Sean said, um, I've just recently learned that it has worked for someone at 100 feet. Most people say minimum two. And there's a lot of variables with that also. You know, is it freshly you, repacked or has it been packed for the last two years? Exactly. You know, it's the luck of the draw. It's it it is it, it. Are you getting it repacked annually? Because that's going to create. If you don't, it'll create a memory. You're going to throw out something that could have been wet at one time and you didn't know about it. Um, you know, so that's that's very important. We have all of our units have side mounts on them, so both trikes are side mount, and then the Parajet that I fly is a side mount, and they are not a steerable um, reserve. Yeah, mine, well, I, don't, I don't even mine, know where would I to steer a reserve if I had to pull my reserve in emergency. Well, it has the brake handles just like your main one does. No, but I, I just don't think mentally I would be thinking about that. Like, oh my gosh, let me try to figure, you know, to grab the handles to steer it. Well, that's why you have to, you know, think about it, you know, every time that you go up, you know, what happens if you know, I throw this uh, reserve out, you know, that's just one of your, uh, that's one of my pre-flight things that I do, you know, where's my reserve, which, you know, how would I throw it out? You know, where would it go? Don't forget to pull in your main wing, stall ball it. I mean, it's just something that you, you go over. Um, I probably go over everything way too much, but then again, I have students that I nonstop go over everything with too. Um, have, have you, you haven't done an um, SIV yet, have you, Amy? 
No, but I did in a simulator uh, practice throwing a reserve. Okay. Because I'm a right-handed, my throttle's on my right hand, my reserve's on my left side now. If you ever get a chance, throw a reserve under uh, an SIV that's safe. It's it's interesting. It's totally different. It's it's changed the way I think about throwing a reserve because once you throw one, you're like, oh, well, I don't mind throwing my reserve if something happens rather than you're falling going, I'm trying to get this undone. I don't want to pop the reserve out because I don't know what I need to do. So I think that throwing a reserve under um, under instruction is is a pretty smart thing to do, I think. Anybody throw a reserve under instruction like an SIV? Have not. Bill H said that he's not going to check the altitude before he throws his reserve. <laughs> I guess not. But and David Ruff, he, that was a good point. It has more to do with reaction time. I mean, when you're that close to the ground, um, and 100 feet, that is not a lot of time to react. No. No, no, that's just right above, you know, tree level almost. Mm -hmm. You know, tree level is about nine, you know, 80, 90 feet or so. Get them higher trees, you know, about 100 feet. So treetop is just a little under 100, I would assume. That's not a lot of time. But how fast are you going this way? Or are you falling straight down trying to, you know, fix your wing before you decide to throw it? So, I mean, where are you in the throw? Are you in the arc of, oh, something happened, now I'm going down, do I throw? Or are you going down at a certain speed? That's something to think about, too. You know, where, where were you before you threw the reserve? I'm at 100 feet, something happened, I'm throwing it? Or are you going straight down and throwing it? Well, that's a Mike, really good point, Sean, yeah. about about throwing this the uh, the reserve because if you've never done it before and it's a situation where you need to do it, I could see the trepidation of throwing it because you know you don't know if you should if you shouldn't. I mean, that uses up valuable time right there. That thought process instead of just yeah, I'm gonna throw it. Um, so I mean that that would make sense to throw your reserve under supervision so you kind of know what to expect and yeah it changes yeah. it changes the way you think about a reserve yeah and SIV Sean when do they uh, uh what was their rule of thumb for knowing when the wing will not become flyable to where you need to throw that reserve well what we did is we actually um uh said that on this my last toe we're going to throw a reserve. So let's go ahead and throw down some big wing overs, you know, do some fun things. And then if you don't collapse your wing, then I'll just say reserve, 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 and you throw it anyway, no, no matter what. And that's actually what happened because I was able to control the descent and the uh, different things I was throwing down. He said, just reserve, reserve, reserve. So I threw it as I was going forward, which was interesting because you're going forward and all of a sudden you're like, what? And uh, you're like, okay, I guess the deploy. Now you got this big wing that's just in this really mesmerizing plasma. It's called a stall ball right there. And you just pull in your brakes and this big old stall ball just comes at you like, you know, mm, it's pretty cool. And once you get it in, then by the time that you get it in and you're looking around, you're, you're hitting the, the water. So 
it didn't take but 30 seconds to you know pull the reserve um pull the stall ball in figure out where i am looking at the the boat and going okay ready for splash but it was it was comfortable um Matt Sloper, did you want to say something before we all started talking? Oh, no, I was just going to say on my SP-140, the reserve is on the right. And I, I made sure that it was on the right side because on my PG, it's also on the right. So just for muscle memory, it's always on the right. But um, Where's your throttle? Get, throttle's on the left. Okay. Throttle, left-hand throttle. Uh, the it's ambidextrous. You can do either way. So on the SP 140, but uh, I'm thinking about doing more thermal flying in my PG. So I'm probably going to get a second reserve for my belly uh, because they say, and when you're flying thermals with PG, uh, two reserves is like having one. So you know, I agree. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think I would do two reserves on a PPG because that, like you guys are saying, you could switch things around, but there's such a big weight difference between a PG reserve and a PPG reserve, you know, that you would be way overloaded if you flew the PG reserve on your PPG, you know? It's just, yeah. you know, uh, my PPG is 140 kilogram reserve and my pg is 120 kilogram reserve you know so that's a lot of money to invest the second one for the ppg but like you said i mean if you're flying 100 200 feet off the ground you may not have time to use it but if you're up high but then you guys are talking about like most of don't most paraboarder guys really don't have a, a call for throwing a reserve because you tend to fly in pretty benign air, right? Pretty much. I mean, I think that the only times that I saw on videos, uh, you know, um, other than, you know, um, I, I guess uh, throwing a reserve seems to be like a midair collision. Um, not so much the weather and things like that, but usually midair collisions. Um, okay. is that about what you guys have seen as far as I mean we fly good I mean I don't I don't have to worry I don't think that I that my wing will ever collapse or I'll hit something and and, and fall but mid-air collisions I have seen those like that one guy that was flying and that big old bird got caught in his in uh in his uh lines and he went down he had to throw a reserve you know um another uh, paramotor is flying that they don't see you or they or they want to walk on your wing and they collapse it i mean we just saw another video about that not too long ago where people got tangled up in, in a wing so i don't think that you have to worry too much about just flying around having a good time and all of a sudden your your wing collapses i think it's mid-air collisions what do you guys think well that plus it's better to have one and not use it yeah than to not have one and you wish it did. I wish it wasn't in the car, damn it. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, can, can you imagine your final one minute, 60 seconds as you're going down? Oh, crap, it's in the car. Oh, my. <laughs> 
I could have for two seconds I could have clipped it on, but no, here I'm coming. Sixty seconds, you're falling to the ground. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, story of my life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, all the other collisions down on the ground, like you know, hitting power lines or trees or something, that's below a hundred feet, and you're probably doing, you know, I mean, how, how are you going to throw a reserve if you hit a power line? Even the big tall power lines, I don't think that you could collapse it and then throw a reserve. I guess you could, but I think mid-air collisions. So Dave Ruff has a question. Yeah. He says, he, he says, I fly one, sometimes two when I'm motor thermaling. Depends on the air, the day, and how I'm feeling. I fly one reserve free flight. The motor, I feel, has more tangle points or more, yeah, tangle point. Why the two? So in other words, so why flying with the two reserves? Is that what he's asking? Yeah, why fly with two? Well, I would think two. There's been many times when when uh, what I've seen on videos is, you know, guys get into a riser twist too bad, and they go and or they're in, you know, a G, like a G maneuver, and they get all tangled up. They go to throw the res- throw the reserve, and the reserve goes right into the main. Yeah. <laughs> so now you got, you know, your reserve is tangled in your main because it was behind you, and you threw it that way, and and with the centrifugal force, everything starts going the same way. Yeah. That's why acro guys always have two reserves, and a lot of acro PG guys, they have cutaway systems, where yeah. you know. Yeah they can cut away their whole main uh, risers and everything so that oh. they're clean and they just have a reserve because, because of that, because of getting the first reserve tangled in their, in their main wing. I've seen okay. that. Um, I think they were throwing beamers out, um, the steerable ones. Yeah, and that wasn't a question I misunderstood. He's saying is why I fly with two on motor more tangle points because of yeah. more tangle points so, so he flies two on a motor okay yeah if i had the money i'd i'd, I'd have more than one uh the reason why i got that front mounted one because you know i just want to spend 1200 bucks and fly anything i mean if i'm borrowing my friend's you know paramotor you know i can put on that like like when i uh, flew the sp uh 140 you know uh-huh. um was able to just i don't think i actually put it on because i was just doing some little maneuvers but i could put on my reserve on the sp140 that i flew so i've mike the sp140 freaking amazing okay can't wait for you to fly yours i can't wait to see the video can't wait to see the video yeah well you probably only get one video and that'll be the maiden and then that's it oh come on now we want the you look on my channel look on my youtube channel i only did a maiden. I have one flight, my first maiden on the mountain, and one on ridge soaring at the coastal. And that's it. Because I just, you just have all these cameras and all these tangle points. And then who has time to go through two, three oh, hours of footage? <laughs> I agree. You know what I mean? The job that you do, Will, is amazing. Yeah, his his videos are awesome. It looks like uh, Lear uh, PPG Lear 
L-E-A-R.com needs to head on out. Uh, Eric, thank you for hanging out with the show. Yeah, you bet. Uh, great show tonight. Um, everybody in the chat, everybody on the panel, you know, this is awesome. Great, great to talk about. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see you guys uh, on the next show. Sounds awesome. Thanks, buddy. Hey, so um, so you got a show coming up uh, tomorrow, right? Yeah, we have the Tuesday night hangout on ppglear.com. We're going to be talking about uh, the easy pace fly-in, and we're also going to be talking about the fly-in that's coming up in two weeks down in Okeechobee. So uh, we have both promoters that are going to be coming on. It'll be a good show. And uh, we're going to try to get uh, the next month or so, we're going to try to get as many promoters to talk about their fly-ins as possible. So you guys know what to expect when you show up at the uh, fly-in. Good deal. Awesome. And your wife does a show on Wednesdays? Yeah, but that's nothing. No, you can, <laughs> you can uh, tune in to paramotorgirl.com. She has the uh, um, Girls Just Want to Fly. And this week she has Teresa Mixer on. Um, and she's going to be talking about uh, her paramotor experience. So it will be uh, a really good show. Awesome. Well, thanks, Eric, uh, for joining us tonight. And we'll see you tomorrow on your show at ppglear.com. Bye, guys. I got to run, too. You got to run or you got to fly or you got to walk. You got to drive. I know. Don't I mean, is it really run? I mean, is it really run? No. <laughs> well, thanks, Jim, for hanging out with us. Uh, you do thanks, a lot of uh, print printing up there in Canada. So uh, anything that we want, if we want to create our own stickers or decals or anything like that, um, we can get up with you at carepp.com. And if we want to see you fly around in your crazy shenanigans, we go to careppg.com. That's you right. Thanks, guys. You have yeah. a great evening. Thanks, That's Jim. Right. Have a good one. I guess I guess we're saying goodbye to everybody because uh, looks like Will's got to go. It's <laughs> seven, so it's like what nine there. Yeah, I guess I guess we've been talking about this for two hours. It's it's about time to go. So yeah, all right, Will. This was fun. I had a good time. This was really good. You're really fun. So we'll go ahead and do your sign off real quick. Yeah. So Will Fly, check me out on YouTube or uh, go to willflyppg.com for some corny humor and mediocre videos <laughs> we love yeah. it all right well thanks for joining us buddy we definitely so appreciate had a you. great time i really uh, did i can't believe two hours it. just went by that that's amazing i know it was it's fun. fun well y'all have a good night all right hey. well. Bye. and uh paramom <sighs> Tell... it's a fun night i really us, enjoyed this give us we a lot of good topics and I learned a lot, like I always do and everything. And then we had the lovely Amy George with us tonight and Mr. Mad Sloper. And it's really cool. I had a good time. Thank you so much. And uh, don't forget to uh, tune in to paraglidingtalk.com on yep. Thursday night with your awesomest host, Robert Michaels. All and right. if you got the shirt, you better be wearing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, much love, everybody. Much love. Much love. Thank you, Linda Anderson. If you want to get up with her or uh, want to be on the show, make sure you get up with Linda Anderson. You can go to paramomusa.com. That forwards over to her Facebook page to say, hey, I want to be on the show. I want to talk paramotors. Give me a holler. 
Easy peasy. Awesome. We also got Amy George in the house. Um, your husband runs something interesting and uh, something about a, a paramotor company or something. Can you hook him up and drop some links and tell us what it's all about? Uh, www.paraswagusa.com. And the company is Paraswag USA. He started the company almost two years ago to make it paramotoring more affordable to people and um, offer great deals. We have just about everything you can think of that you would want and then some for paramotoring and um, come out with a lighted prop, starting to get production underway and um, give him a email or message him. I guess should I give out his phone number? Everybody can text him. Uh, I don't know, but go Paraswag USA on the website how to get in touch with them is on the website. If you don't see anything on the website, email him and we can still get it for you because, you know, the website's a lot to manage. So. Yep. That's over at PariswagUSA.com. If you guys want stickers sent to you, uh, just email me ppggrandpa at gmail.com. Say, Hey, I've been watching episode one, 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 and I want some free stickers. Just let me know where to send them, and I'll send off some Clearprop TV, some pair of swag, and my, I got a whole bag of stickers that I need to give away. Oh, wow. Yeah, look at all of them from PPG Zone and just all, all over the place. All right, so email me. Um, we also got Mike, Matt Sloper in the house, uh, was able to hang out with us too, talking about uh, paramotors and um, give us a couple of insights when it came to PG, since he's a paraglider. So, uh, Mike, how can we get up with you? Are you on the internet anywhere, or are you just hanging out with us on uh, Monday nights? No, I'm on uh, Facebook under Michael D'Antonio, and then my YouTube is just Matt Sloper. For that and I, I have an Instagram, I believe it's Mike.madsloper. Um, but I'm not sure on that. I don't, I don't use it too much, but uh, mainly just uh here on YouTube and and uh on the Facebook. And you can find me on my on myspace.com. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> but thank you, thank you for having me on the show. It was a good time. I enjoy watching your show on a weekly basis and learn a lot. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank Thanks you for very much. Us. I, I enjoy doing this. Um, if you want to see my crazy shenanigans, you can always go to iflyparamotors.com, which is going to be a line of clothing in the future. So, you know, if you listen to this, you know, uh, in, in year four of this, uh, iflyparamotors.com is probably my underwear line and, um, it's it's blossomed and everybody wants to get some grandpa underwear. You have underwear? <laughs> oh, you're doing underwear? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> she was not listening to the whole show, Man. was she? <laughs> oh, because I can like from tutoring. <laughs> you're doing something on the computer. You listen to all of a sudden the uh, grandpa's saying something about grandpa underwear. <laughs> Well, no, I ca actually, I came in straight from tutoring and I thought, because uh, I got your message earlier, and I thought, well, let me see what's going on. So, no, I missed the first 15 minutes of the show. 
No, I was talking about the PPG Grandpa iFly paramotors. I was just being funny saying that it's going to be a line of clothing in the future. Yeah, I heard that and I was thinking, that's cool. Line of clothing would be I, awesome. I, I, I don't see why not. I mean, you, right now you can yeah. go over to ilovepg.com and that's our merch store. I yeah. love PPG boxers. What? Right. I love PPG boxers. <laughs> and you can get <laughs> and you can get your very own para gloves and your para <laughs> socks. Oh, oh my gosh. Good. A, a pair, pair of socks and a pair of gloves, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> and a pair of pants. And a pair of <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of pairs out there, just depending on the era we're talking about. But while when, we're talking about the subject, you're talking about a new line of clothing. I do have something in the works I've been tossing about for the last few days. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to. I did think about you too. So I guess that's why when I got the message about the show, it's like, well, let's go ahead and head over. Cause I was thinking about bugging you the other day. Cause I have a technology question, but then I thought I'd wait and ask you when I get into actually having something tangible of what I have in my mind. Oh, well just call me. You got my number. Just call me tomorrow sometime. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about paramotors. Cause hey. I wanted to, the more value of baking takes up too much time. I don't have the time for that. I, I can't even imagine doing what you were doing and all the donations you were doing for Resurgence PPG and all that. So, I mean, you, you've done a lot, you know, for us, for the people, for the paramotor pilots, you know, for the, for the sport. Yeah. But I think what I have in my mind now, and I'll talk to you about later, is going to be more valuable. Jewelry. No, it's not anti -twerk be jewelry. Anti-twerk jewelry. Anti-twerk <laughs> jewelry. Oh, <laughs> but that is an awesome idea. That is awesome. Well, you, you, you well, I guess you got to say that you got to get more and more, um, you know, diamonds and gold from your husband now, so you can anti-twerk. You need your anti-twerk jewelry. I'll tell him that, but personally, I'm just not that kind of person. You know how people have to have. Oh, I need this bling so I can feel like, oh, he loves me. That's the worth of it, and all that. I'm not like that. So. No, buy, it, buy it yourself. Use his money. He doesn't need to buy anything. Just use his money and go buy yourself some, some anti-torque jewelry. I think I'll start making some anti-torque jewelry. That would be really cool. You know, no. maybe, a, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a band that has, uh, you know, a Paraswag USA around it. Gets you a little bit of five extra pounds right there. There's your, there's your anti-torque jewelry. <laughs> There you go. Hey, just, like a hey. plan. Hey, you know that um, I was saying the other day um, that I'm, I'm uh, you know, 3D printing throttles and different things for the paramotor. I'm printing out a paramotor. Hmm. I'm actually going to have a full hoop. I'm printing out everything. It's uh, going to be really cool. I'll be flying it soon. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why you're... This is why you don't see me. You know, it's like I'm 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 training students. I'm working on these projects. Um, theflightbrothers.com is our the flight brothers is our manufacturing part where we have you know the clear prop TV thing here. We got paramotor TV and we got the flight brothers that we're working on. The things that are going to be coming out this year are going to just blow your mind. I Huh? Do you have a blueprint for that? Um, yeah. 
right here. 3D print? I mean, or did you come 3D? up with your own print? Yeah, I've, I made it through, uh, through these uh, slicing programs. Wow. So I'm going to try, you know, once I, because um, it takes a lot of fiber, car, uh, carbon fiber filament. Yeah. It's a little bit more expensive, but you get these things and you put them all together. I mean, think about right. it. It's a, it's a hoop. Yeah. You know, well, we made it. 3D printed a chest set for one of Abby Rose's project, but I'm just saying, and we had a pattern for that. So that's why I'm asking. No, I've, I've just been working on it. Looks like Mike's got to go too. So thanks, Mike, for, for jumping Bye, on here and hanging with you. us, buddy. You're welcome to come Hello. back anytime. Hello, nice thank to you. you. Nice to meet you, Amy. You too. Right. See you guys later. Bye. Have a good day. You too. <laughs> Sean, I'm actually impressed. You have impressed me highly. Dude, have you? I got, dude. I, dude, 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 I got, dude, dude, I got like <laughs> four 3D printers now. Wow. Yeah. I'm like really serious about this. All these things that I'm doing is like, yeah, this, this is the way to manufacture stuff. Very inexpensive and, yeah. and, and you can change it too. If you don't like something, you can change it. If you, if you want the, the, we're still on the air. I thought we were, no. Oops. Oh, so. Anything that we just talked about, guys, uh, you can't tell anybody about 3D printed um, hair motors coming out. Oh, and I've been working on the um, on the trike thing, too. Look at these 3D printed things that I've made for my trike. Have you stopped the recording? Exactly. Um, so, no, I still haven't. But um, they know not to tell anybody, you know, that, that we're talking about this stuff. So, you know, you get a little... What's I'm that? Sorry. It's funny you mentioned the trike because I was thinking in my head when you're talking about the paramotor 3D printed trike. Working on that too. Wow. Yep. And here's something interesting. Uh, you can go to um, uh, Harbor Freight and get tires already mounted with um, with uh, everything that you need, hub and everything for 10, 15, 20 bucks. So I can get three of those, put them on my trike, make the hoops and everything, and have a 3D printed paramotor and a 3D trike uh, probably with the next uh, month of March coming up. Yeah, that's this is gonna be crazy. Really cool. Okay, so what about crashing? You know, most people with the trike, they have the cage and all that, and it holds up in a crash, because I have seen it, you know, at Moonshiners, and uh, it protects them. So what about 3D printed trikes, the cage and all that, how uh, collapsible or easily is it to come apart? Well, with with this one, it's uh, pretty much we're putting it kind of all together so it's solid. And then after we build it, then we're going to figure out where would we actually want to fold it and bring it together to, so it's easy to pack or, or put on a trailer or just pack up in the back of your car type of thing. So right. Been working on that. Huh. Yeah. Right. And it's going to be ultra lightweight. Yeah. Well, we are going to be using aluminum and carbon, uh, yeah, carbon fiber and the filament. We also got this stuff too, which is the stuff that we're going to be using to make our own throttles. Well, people already 3D print throttles though. Yeah. Yeah. It's no big deal, but I yeah. want to 3D print as much as I can right. on a 
3D printed paramotor and then go fly a 3D printed paramotor. Right. Which would be very fun and interesting. Now, obviously, I've got to have a real harness. Right. You know, I, I could 3D print the tires, but that's a lot of uh-uh. time printing it. I mean, yeah. I could. It'd be cheaper to buy the wheels on your own, the tires and all that, I think. Yeah. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see, you know, if this thing can fly. So if I just don't come back for a week or two, it didn't work. Oh, wow. <laughs> no. Oh, I'll, make sure, I'll make sure everything works before we, you know, test fly these things. This was fun. fly with a buddy. I, I, it, you know what? That that's really interesting that you say that. When I first started getting into paramotoring, I did fly with buddies all the time. After my first SIV course, where I knew that you know it, it's so difficult to collapse a wing, and then if it does collapse, it's so easy for it to uncollapse, you know, and reopen. And if you don't do anything stupid, it's really difficult to collapse a wing that's in flight. So I knew going out by myself and flying, you know, different cross countries and going to different places, I was going to be all right. That's when I started flying every morning, every evening. And if noon was uh, less than uh, eight miles an hour, I'd be up uh, flying midday. Yeah, I'm talking about the first maiden flight of the 3D printed paramotor which i'm going to be flying an actual wing i'm not going to be flying a 3d printed wing not yet but that harness remember if i'm hooked into the harness and the harness is hooked into the wing no matter what happens to the trike paramotor whatever it could all fall apart and just you know just rain down its parts i'll still be in the harness connected to the to the wing so you would just glide on down like an engine out what you think okay Yeah. Don't, right. don't worry, I'll be, I'll be safe. It's just mine right now. <laughs> so, right. that'd be so cool. I can't wait. Yeah, but don't tell anybody. Um, this is still <laughs> secret. Um, I mean, this is only between us three right here. Nobody else can hear us. So, it's really, are you sure? Because we're still recording. What? That's what asking. What? It's no. still showing recording. it can't be that all right all right well anyway thank you guys uh, so much for listening to us and babble about uh, paramotors (laughs) and stuff like that uh we definitely had a good time this is episode 111 and uh next next one is going to be do we have somebody for um the 7th of march yet uh no nobody yet but i'll be working on that now that i'm feeling better i can get back in my zone and yeah. Well, start doing my magic. If somebody out there is listening yeah. to PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast on their favorite podcasting app and they're like, you know what? I would love to be on that show. Just get up with me, uh, yeah. ppggrandpa at gmail.com or get up with on the Anderson at mm-hmm. paramomusa.com, right. which forwards over right. to her Linda Anderson Facebook page. So yeah, yep. get up with us. Let's talk about paramotors. And if you guys want to, if you're in the Arkansas area, you know, central Arkansas area, want to fly paramotors, well, I actually got a school I've been running since last summer. 
and uh, it's paramotorarkansas.com. Check that out and let us know if you want to hang out with us and fly some paramotors. Okay. There you go. <laughs> you do? Well, yeah, I know you. Every time that you, every time that uh, you said that you can come over, something happens and the wind goes crazy or we get some weird snowstorm that comes through. Yep. So one of these days, I can't wait for you guys to come over and fly and fly again. Right. That'd be awesome. <clears throat> Anybody else have anything before we say goodnight to everybody? I still can't see the chat because whenever the power and everything went flickery um no, i can't okay. see the chat at all so yeah, i can't see it either but thank you chatters thank you I very much if there's anybody there i can't even tell if anybody's out there so i mean i don't even know if people are watching or i don't either <laughs> i'm sure they're there yeah well, i'm sure they're there but yeah it's all good the people that'll they'll listen to it all the way through to now are the truckers out there that have nothing better to do than to listen to a podcast all the way to the end and hope that it keeps right. on going because now they look at their watch and go, wow, I've been driving for the last two and a half hours listening to these crazy people talking about paramotors. Uh, awesome. And uh, I've actually had some emails that said, thank you for doing long shows because, you know, two and three hours goes by so quick listening to the paramotor show. So, hey, you yeah. said new show idea. Yeah. Have a show of all the paramotor truckers out there come on the show and talk about their experiences of being a truck driver and a paramotor. You talk guys that are driving your trucks and listening and want to be Good a idea. paramotor pilot, get up with us. Let us know because all you need is Zoom on your cell phone and you can be on the show live and uh, talk to us and actually be on the show and then listen to yourself the next day. It's pretty cool. Good idea. Because if you think of it made, they're getting paid to drive the country and to get to see all these wonderful new places to fly. And because, and because you can pack up a paramotor in your yeah. back seat, pretty much, you can fly all 50 states. Right. Well, I don't know how you're going to get to Hawaii, but, you know, no. on your yeah. truck. Let's talk about the expensive travel and things like that. Truck drivers have it made. You know what? Maybe I need to be a truck driver. And hit every state flying while doing my route. I'd stop. I'd stop and pull over and say, "I don't care. I'm going to go fly." You have a place to sleep. You got your truck. You're getting paid to travel. You could have a portable flight school, Sean. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but that sounds way too much. Whew. I think I'm strung out now. I can't imagine doing that, but it sounds interesting. So anybody that wants to be on the show, just let us know, uh, ppggrandpa at gmail.com or yep. paramomusa.com. It actually looks like, oh, guess who just joined us? Who? You won't believe it. Mark. Oh. Oh. We were just going we to leave, and Robert Michaels is jumping in to say hello. Oh, Robert. That's my boy. That's my boy. Well, that is good. so awesome. He's like, I gotta jump in. He's so well, busy. He is so busy. Well, as soon as when we you say got I... four, when you got four boys, okay, four boys, and you're trying to keep them all under control. Yeah. Um, I he's a very busy man. Yeah. And flying and the church and there. working. There he is. Now we're cooking with Crisco. 
Yeah, we are. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? Good. Hi. Hey, since our topic tonight was things I wish I knew before I started paramotors, you would be a good person to talk about because it's not even paramotors, it's also the paragliding. So before you got into paragliding, is there anything that you wish you knew before you got into paragliding? And do you think that you, you know, uh, knew everything before you started flying paramotors? Good questions. Yeah, we had a lot of questions tonight or a lot of people that answered it. Mostly it was, I wish that we knew better or, or you know, the instructors, you know, the good instructors, bad instructors. How do you choose? Uh, a lot of it was all about people. I wish I would have known more people. Um, I had a group of paramotor pilots or, or P PG pilots that I could have hung out with before I went to school. So, um, yeah, I think a, a really good one is the um, who is a good person to talk to because there's certain people that will just invoke fear. They'll, or they'll impose their own fears on you. And uh, had I listened to a couple of the people in the beginning, I would have never flown. Yes. Uh, that's a big one. Careful who you hang out with. I wish I would have known certain people that I uh, that were not good influences. Uh, if I would have known, I would have probably kept my distance. Um, I think the, the biggest one that I wish I would have uh, focused more on kiting in the beginning. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. The more that you have control in the beginning, it's, this is just my opinion, the more control you, you have, the less likely you are to, to get messed up on launch. Typically, you don't have a whole lot of uh, weird stuff happen on landings. It's usually on launch, especially for flight. Um, and if you can kite your wing, you're going to have a much better chance of enjoyment. And, and it, you look like, I, you know, this is telling all, but um, this sport is, there is some pride involved. You, you have to maybe, um, you have to have a little bit of, of pride in your techniques and that you, you're good at your pre take off checks and your safety. Um, I, I think it's important to be passionate about how good you are. Like, don't, don't just say, Oh, I'm just a weekend warrior and, and, and that's it. And you just go out there and you fumble the ball every time go out with an intention to be better than you were the first time. I know a lot of people do that, but it's something I, I think um, in the beginning, I would have strived a little harder to be better. Very That's good. interesting. Very good. More yeah. kiting, be now like more kiting before school, or more kiting after you got back from school, and just more kiting in general. Yeah, if I, if I during training, I was actually. Um, I had already been kiting quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So during kiting, when the, or during training, I was actually helping some other students uh, because I had already pretty, pretty well figured out how to manage the wing. And uh, 
our the next task after kiting for like two or three hours was to go to the bunny hill and um you know try to send it your, your definition of bunny hill is actually being able to launch and fly or just run down yeah. the hill and catch a little bit of air um it actually depends on because i i was pretty light on my wing i flew um oh yeah, it was pretty cool. I was probably 20 feet off the ground for a little while. Okay. Um, I did during my training class, I did watch somebody um, do a header cartwheel and get tangled up. And actually the guy smacked his face on the ground. So he had like a scar on his face, like a big uh, bloody. Mm. Um, yeah. And he actually, he, he had came with the intention to get signed off and le actually left early because I think he was, he was kind of over it. He thought that maybe he was going to come and that one day he was just going to all of a sudden become a paraglider pilot. But um, he, he had very little control of the wing, um, the ground handling, the, the, the schooling part was not very good for him. And uh, I don't think he had a time on the ground. So more, just more practice in general. So like um, after school, you know, you come home and you just do more kiting, more practicing. I, I, I agree. That's very important. I'm, I'm writing this all down. I got a whole list. So you uh, came up with some you. good stuff. Awesome. More time. Yeah. So, um, segue to the paramotoring. I would say my, um, you know, the bathroom anything. My big thing was, was, um, I kept leaning forward too much. Like my, my idea of, of launching was I had to put the power into the wing, just like I was free flying, but that's not the case. You don't, you don't have to with a motor, you just hit the gas, lean back and let it push you. And I really didn't learn to trust the, the paramotor until probably 30 flights in. That's interesting. Yeah. Lean back. It's there's, there's something to be said about when you lean back, you're pointing your thrust at, at the ground, pointing your body into the air. Like if, if you didn't do anything, if, if let's just say uh, like the, the, you see the guys standing in the grass and they're just leaning all the way back with the throttle like full throttle and it almost looks like, Oh my gosh, if he lets off the gas, he's going to totally fall on the ground. If I would get more comfortable with, I would have spent more time learning what that power was like. Um, I was hesitant, I think, because I didn't want to blow up somebody's prop or damage somebody's equipment. So I had everything that I did. I was very uh, delicate, but once I got my own paramotor and started, um, sending it i guess there was there was a little bit more leniency that's interesting i need you to be my guest next week next monday can i put can i book you for next monday i, I know you fly on mondays now you now you flew paragliding for how many years before you took up paramotoring uh good question i th i think it was at least a couple of years mm -hmm. yeah i would say about two and a half years 
And um, and how long now have you been flying paramotors? A year or so? Yeah, so uh, over a year consistently where I'm, I'm able to go out. You know, it's not every weekend. If it's, if it's flyable, if there's decent weather to free fly, I, I go free fly. And, so, and your love is still free flying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very rewarding to have a good flight and um, with free flight. Not that it's not rewarding to fly, fly paramotors, but uh, paramotors is, it's just a different, I would say it's a different sport altogether. I mean, it's tied together by a paraglider, but um, it's like, I don't want to de demean paramotoring, but it's like chess and checkers. Um, I don't have to think very much when I get on my motor. It's just, I can put some music on and jam out and just go on an adventure and go check out places that I never would have been able to check out before. Yeah. I, I rarely will go and fly the motor where I free fly. Cause I've already seen all that. I've already been there, and, but I will go and explore areas where I'm like, man, I wonder if that spot will work, if there'll be lift there and I'll go and explore that. And, um, that's pretty fun. And then scouting new sites, uh, maybe some uh, potential free flying spots that we could pioneer. That's always fun to go and check those out. Yeah. Um, oh, Mark. <laughs> what's Mark doing? Are we it's showing his new day. shirt? Yeah. Does anybody know how he's doing? I texted him yesterday oh, and uh, oh, yeah, that's right. he's hanging in there. I think that's literally what he said. Uh, let me. Now, Robert, we're still live. We're still yeah, live. He said hanging in there. That's what he, he texted me. Awesome. Yeah. Is he still in the hospital? No, no, he's out. He's at home. So he's had all of his surgery and stuff and, and he's at home. Yep. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah, doing much better than we thought initially, which is great. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, he's a tough cookie. Oh, he's young. He's young yet. Hey, he had a lot of people Yeah, he did. There's probably a lot of people praying for him that don't really even know him. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the community in general. That's right. That's what we're about. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Mark, for my phone. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I agree. Your son needs to be on next week. Lots of great information between the comparisons of the two. Yeah, that's something that we can do. Maybe just talk about the difference. What's the difference between, you know, what's the true difference between paragliding and paramotoring because you know paramotoring is paragliding with a motor so what if we what, what what do you think is easier starting off with paragliding then moving over transitioning to para you know you know going from paragliding to paramotoring or from going from paramotoring to paragliding um <clears throat> well I don't, i'm not sure what would be the easier transition but i i would say that if, if you can do it start paragliding first and and strive to be good at paragliding and motoring will come 
uh, I'll say it, you'll appreciate it more, I think. Uh, and there's a, there's a reverence for weather that I don't think a lot of PPG guys have. Um, they miss out on a lot of opportunities. Uh, they miss out on flying days because they don't understand the weather. They just, they look for a, a wind speed and that's it. And they say, okay, the winds are going to pick up at, at 10 o'clock. And so that's, I'm going to land before 10. But if you understand the weather, there's, um, it opens up more opportunities. Um, and then also there's an air dangers with flying uh, motors and not seeing a gust front coming or, um, I, I feel like too many guys are flying with paramotors with no reserves. Uh, I, I thought it was like when, when I heard that there were people flying around in paramotors with no reserve, I was like, what are they going to do if they take a big whack while they're flying and, and don't fix it in, in time They like, you've got to throw, you got to throw your reserve. And a lot, a lot of people are, uh, this ah, I, don't, I don't do acro low and I don't need it. And they might be, they might be right, but there's, I see a lot of guys that say they don't do acro that do the most dangerous acro maneuver that I know of, which is wingovers. And, um, it's, I, I feel like it's, uh, it's, it's Satan's toy with, with people to, to convince them that wingovers are not dangerous. Um, because I feel like that's the one that will get you uh, because it seems benign and you just, you work your way into it. And pretty soon you're, you're doing big wing overs and, and it just takes one wrong input and just a lack of energy management and then you're in your wing. And man, if you don't have a reserve, uh, something else that I, I wish I would have known more about is um, your, the line strength. Obviously, the lines are incredibly strong, but something that compounds uh, danger is when with the motor, you have a propeller on your back that's spinning, and now you wind up the, the lines into that. If you don't kill it quickly, and it, and it happens very fast, those lines can become lethal. Um, and I didn't realize that until my lines went into my prop and I bent my hoop oh my yeah it was crazy and it's titanium so i remember after i landed um after or after the the smoke cleared and, and i picked up my mess after screwing up a launch my hoop was bent and uh i was with gringo and gringo goes bro what happened to your what happened to your hoop did you fall on the ground i was like no i didn't fall on the ground and he's like look at your hoop and um I had to pull my pull of line in and it literally the the tension was strong enough to bend my my titanium frame so i can can you imagine you you know you got a you got a hand caught like uh that's what happened to uh kyle oblique and we had another uh paramotor pilot that um that that happened to before kyle just about a week before kyle's yeah i can't remember who that was but i, I do remember that yeah yeah um so people that think about saving money and trying to learn off the internet how to fly a paramotor is like you just don't know all the things that could go wrong 
and you know learn about how to protect yourself from things that can go wrong and uh how what what happened did it come down <laughs> behind you or or how yeah. did you so you landed and just kind of floated downwards towards you or how did that no i i was launching and oh you were I, launching okay yeah and so i i spooled up as my glider was coming up and part of my glider fell to the side i didn't feel it i gave this right brake input and then um i felt something happen and my motor made a weird change in pitch and i let off the gas just in time for it to kind of wind that wire all the way up and then pull tension onto my um brake line and i'm like whoa what the heck was that it felt really weird and uh, i looked back sure enough it had spooled up a couple lines actually broke one of them so i had to send my glider in for repair so you're doing a forward inflation and what got caught and how because i don't understand how that how that would happen. yeah I don't, i'm not i'm not exactly sure um, other than i let too much of my wing be uh slack on the left side might have been the right side i don't remember but i i was running in it um i felt it come up and then i hit the gas but part of the wing wasn't inflated it was just kind of dangling down like this okay so when i pulled the wing up and then didn't give enough power wasn't running fast enough or whatever happened and uh yeah, yeah lines end up in the prop scary. it happens and scary too and it happened really fast in a ruin of flying day interesting yeah i think i was more mad about that than i was about the line well interesting stuff i mean just really interesting um and and with you too you know you doing the paragliding and then moving into the paramotoring and you said that you've been flying for about a year and a half now and I, mean, I mean as far as paramotor yeah well, I, I i just got my motor at the salton sea flying last year in february but I was flying paramotors before that, um, but it was, you know, other people's stuff. Okay. So you said that you had that one issue with the lines getting caught in. Did you have any other paramotor um, issues? Or uh, yeah. Events? We drove two hours to, um, it's called Painted Gorge. Mm -hmm. And this is, this was the second time that I'd gone to Painted Gorge. I went with uh, Jeff Hammond and, um, and gringo and we ended up i ended up um launching in like a nil wind situation and it was uphill and uh i just i think i even had a tailwind i'm not sure exactly but i was running as fast as i possibly could i was on a smaller glider uh 18 meter but uh running uphill with the paramotor could not feel any pressure in the glider until the very last few steps and uh, i'm talking like the football field length of running and then i um i had to kind of avoid some stuff on the ground i put too much into the brakes lost too much airspeed and then ended up having to like i realized okay i'm not going up i have to flare and i flared as hard as i could but um ended up my prop in the dirt and oh, so no. I blew up a prop completely so two hours away I had to just sit there and watch the other guys fly 
So that's another thing, I guess, is um, things I wish that I knew that I should buy at least two or at least one spare prop. Yeah. Yeah, I have a spare prop now. I, I actually watched um, Kyle O'Glee's video on making molds, and I so I made a mold out of my new props, and then I fixed the old ones with epoxy um, carbon fiber. Yeah. That's good. It's always good to be able to repair your your machines because yep. it just costs so much yeah yeah so i'm still working on this little 3d printed prop or um throttle throttle we'll see if that's, that works that's awesome yeah i got a lot of these things that i just need to you know wire everything in and then put it on my paramotor and go try it but you know just time constraints speaking about time constraint robert i know that you're busy and stuff um you need to head on out or yeah no i was i just my wife was wiping off the table so i figured i would make my uh make my move from the table i thought you were in the kitchen yeah i got we got a robert you're gonna be a grandpa in the next Next few weeks, it's coming up fast. Yeah, grandpa, too young for that. Grandpa Robert. Robert. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, as soon as you become a grandpa, you start getting these gray hairs. Yeah. PPG grandpa. Yep. You start PPG getting grandpa. Start getting, uh, you know, gray hairs. You start uh, uh, growing hairs out of your ears. Where's that come from? <laughs> Your back starts growing. Your back starts growing hair. <laughs> I started getting gray hair long before I had a grandchild. I don't think we've met before. It's Amy, George, and Mark. Mark, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I own Paraswag USA. Oh, nice! Awesome. I know your mom very well, but. And we talk about you, and they try to make me come to your show, and I've tried to sit in a couple of times. But we used to go to these shows all the time. But with business and work, I actually work a regular job like most people do, and try to run this business. And so at night, that's what I'm usually doing. So I usually don't have time for the shows anymore. I've sat in on your show before, but Amy has. Hi, Amy. I think your mom cracks the whip. Yeah. <laughs> He forced me to come on here tonight. I, I was going to bed. I was I was already I was oh, gonna be a <laughs> we know how it is, trust me. I know I, I, I can look at a computer and know what time it is in California right now. So you can't you fool guys, me. You guys are seven, in a camper? Seven thirty-nine. You guys had a flying or something? Oh, Mark and Amy? Yeah. Hey, you're on mute, so you need to unmute if you want to talk to us. We actually just came back from Lone Star Paramotor. Amy went down there to finish up some training. Oh, nice. Her, she just got her PPG-1, and get her a few flights in. She'll get her PPG. she got to get 21 more flights in. Uh, I finished up my PPG-2. I, got my, I can do my PPG-3. I just haven't done it yet. And then I'm going to do my instructors and then tandems. Oh, that's awesome. 
So Okay, so our camper is this. Yes, the reason we're in the camper. <laughs> we actually prefer the camper over our house. And my phone was running low from when I was sitting at the table eating and you weren't on the show yet. And um, I just got back from tutoring after work. And um, so I had to come out to the camper, plug my phone in, and then I put grades in too. And because Mark was in there talking business and everything, so I get some peace and quiet in the camper. And we actually slept in the camper last night instead of our own bedroom. <laughs> How cute. That's cool. Just like our clubhouse. Like yeah, there you go. It's an Airbnb. It's an Airbnb, right? That's it, awesome. I mean, I know we sound crazy that we prefer our camper. Look, our at, house. Look at the size of this bed. This is our guest bed. It's a king size. Wow. We had five freaking dogs in the bed with us last night, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And one of them was the lab, and the other was a visualist. So that's not all small dogs. Yeah, there's one of them right there. Look at him. He's giant. Oh, look at him. <laughs> and he's not even two yet. Oh my gosh. How cute. Yeah, Amy's done. Amy says that his head makes my head look like a peanut. Oh my gosh. When Mark's hugging him, his head is like twice the size of Mark's head. <laughs> uh, it's good. It's good to meet you though, by the way. I didn't know who you, were, who you are. Yeah, that's it's good to meet you too. And it's Mark, right? It is. It's Mark. Yes. Thank you. Uh I, I'll tell you, I, I we went to a we went to a paragliding uh event. Uh, a couple of years ago, yeah, in Oklahoma, uh, it was uh, Bear Mountain, Bear Mountain, and Panorama. I can't that's, remember what that's, part of that's, that's one of the places that I flew in and uh, was training was over at Panorama. Okay, so you, did you fly a paraglider? That's where I was. Uh, that's that's where my instructor was. So I had to drive all the way. Yep. So I had to drive all the way over there to yeah. learn how to fly. Yeah. So we went over there. And me and another guy, and we, we stayed for a week, and we were going to fly that. We flew with our paramotor from the LZ. But, I mean, I looked up at the mountain. I'm like, there's no way I'm jumping off that mountain. <laughs> yeah. And then I went, we drove all the way up to the mountain. And I looked back down. And I'm like, there's no way I'm jumping off this mountain. And the guys was like, hey, man, we have paramotor guys fly off here all the time. I'm like, man, I just don't. It just didn't feel right. And at that time, I was still kind of new. And, uh, so, but I hung around 2,500 feet. That's where I played around that. I stayed around 2,000, 2,500 feet. So by the time I got to where I played around, I looked over, I'm even with the top of the mountain. So I, I don't have a desire to do that, but I do have a desire to like ridge soar. I would love to do that. You know, we're, you know, like at the beach where you have a nice ridge mm -hmm. and you can just soar back and forth, back and forth. That, yeah, go to Tory Pines. Right, Robert? Yep. Yep. See? Mama knows. Mama and knows. here's a interesting tidbit. When Mark first started paramotoring, what's your first one? The Scout or Fresh Breeze? What was your first Fresh one? Breeze. Fresh Breeze. That thing was so heavy. He said, here, I mean, try it on. Because he thought <laughs> I would get the board. I was like, get this off me now. He's like, no, no. I was like, it is too heavy. Get off. I said, I will paraglide. Instead of paramotor yeah. back, because if this is what it feels like, I don't want that weight on my back. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it is a little shocking. Yeah, I I got all geared up, gassed up. It's winter. We're this was just a 
few months ago, super cold. And, uh, we were up at a higher altitude than normal. And, uh, I, my, my whole setup, everything, I, I was probably, uh, my, my units probably 80 something pounds. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And I was oh. trying to run and it took me about five failed launches before I got in the air. Everybody's waiting for me. It's embarrassing. Wow. I didn't need to gas up that much either because we're only going to fly for about an hour. And um, I filled it right up to the top. Another rookie move. You don't, <laughs> always, have to, <laughs> you don't always have to fill it all the way up. Well, yeah. And, and here's another one. Uh, things that I wish I knew before I started paramotoring. If I go to the coast and learn to fly with beautiful laminar wind at sea level and then i go home you know to some place that uh you know i'm standing at you know three thousand feet mm. you know msl you know um it's going to be uh, without wind you know you won't be able to launch because you're not in the same you know you're not flying at the same place that you learn how to fly if you want to learn, if you're if you're on the coast and you want to learn to fly and you're living on the coast, that's a great place. But if you're living someplace like uh, Texas or Tennessee or Arkansas, uh, you might want to learn to fly in your state. Learn how to fly in your state because it's a big difference from sea level with beautiful laminar air to wherever you're living. Am I right, Robert? 100%. Absolutely. And plug yourself. Plug. Yeah, we definitely do not want any of those Arkansas people over here in Texas. You can keep all those Arkansas students. <laughs> You're Texarkana. You're just like uh, three feet away from our border. Give me a break. I know, right? I know. I could walk a block or two and be in Arkansas. It's no, crazy. Actually, more than that. Okay, she said a few more blocks than that. All right, you can you can get ten thousand steps on your Fitbit and be in Arkansas. True. Less. There you go. Well, guys, it's uh, about quarter of 10 over here, and I'm exhausted. My wife already went to bed. I got to get up at early dark 30 because I train everybody from sunup to sundown seven days a week over at paramotorarkansas.com, and uh, morning comes pretty quick. Nice. Or just right. gave you what he just gave you a new nickname what drill sergeant <laughs> <laughs> I, I still like the pbg grandpa but all right you can be yeah. in camo <laughs> yeah well i do have my marine corps hat on so oh, here's, my, here's my camo there you go it works so guys thank you so Great. much for hanging out with us yeah. and michael or uh, robert michaels he joined us and uh, gave us some pretty good information about uh, paragliding and paramotoring and his his yeah. uh, point of view which was really awesome if you want to be on our show just get up with linda anderson go to paramomusa.com nah. if you want to see my crazy shenanigans go to uh, uh, paramotors.com he was going to be a guest on monday did you hear that too? I think I heard that, Sean. Yes, it, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to hear all the information. I know Robert, some if you if you were ever able yeah. to, I, I would be very honored for you just to give us, uh, you know, like what, what you did right here. Just give us yeah. more detail about, you know, 
going from paragliding to paramotoring, what's the difference? Which one should go first? How do you like the training? Is the training different? I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, I would love to, to ask you, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that would like to know, you know, the difference between the two. I mean, we had a whole show about what's the difference between trike PPG and um, PPC. So. Because I've already right now. What's that? I've already learned a lot from him. Just listening to his experience right now. And I know there's so much more information to be gleaned. So yeah. And the shows are just nonstop full of information. Yep. Um, Linda, go ahead and pump up, pump up the name and, and the URL real quick. Oh yeah. If you want to be a guest on my show, hit me up on Paramom USA. And, uh, I'll get you on the show or just uh, PM me. And uh, Thursday night, we have paraglidingshock.com with your awesomest host, Robert Michaels. Make sure you tune in on Thursdays. The only place to be on Thursday night. Paraglidingshock.com. Robert, say it. Say it, Robert. Yeah, go ahead and say it the right way. I don't have the microphone, so I don't know if it's paraglidingtalk.com there you go i love it it. and for those of you that don't know linda is the mom of robert so oh yeah sorry i forgot to put that that part in she she forced me to come on i i I, 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 (laughs) yeah she's like you come on we're gonna shake my pom-poms in your face yeah Yeah. (laughs) done have to do you you don't tell no to mom Oh, well, we don't need to keep oh, you yeah, up for too long. My wife, too. My wife, she told okay. me that was a good idea. Was what? To come on the show. Oh, it was a good idea. I, it was a great idea. I'm glad that you oh. joined us. Peace in the family. Because then tomorrow I'll be like, what the heck? Happy wife, happy life. Absolutely. Robert, seriously, anytime that you want to come on and just talk about the differences or whatever, please do. I, I know that you're busy. Um, so yeah. I'm not forcing you. Your mom might, but I'm not. I will too. I'll be like, you coming on Monday? Let me know. But definitely thank you for jumping on and talking to us. Yeah. Right on. All right. All right. Y'all have a great evening and uh, we'll see you tomorrow and Wednesday Hello. and Thursday. Thank you, Chatters. Thank you all. Nice to meet you, Mark and Amy. Good to see y'all. Mark and Amy George from Paris, USA. Nice to meet you guys. Bye, Mom. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye, guys. Have a great evening. Good night. (laughs) You're so crazy.